Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about why Destiny 2 raids need a hard mode. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any podcast platform where you can look up SNTR Presents, you can catch me live on YouTube Monday through Friday. Just go to SNTRlive.com. If you can't be here for the live streams, you can always use SNTRnetwork.com. That's where all of my content goes. That's where community Q&A goes. So be sure to bookmark SNTRnetwork.com. I already read this little intro blurb here about why we need a hard mode raid, I think. So this is kind of the premise of the video. I think that Destiny 2 raids have been very inconsistent with respect to challenges, loot, quantity, and quality, as well as more modes than just normal. If you've been here since the beginning of Destiny 2, there's not been a consistent standard. Uh, They've not done something the same way every single time. We've gone from curated loadouts to no hard mode to prestige mode to challenges, challenges in prestige mode. It's, It's been a bit of a mixed bag. And I think the Destiny 2 Beyond Light Raid, the Deepstone Crypt, brought a lot of good things and features with it. They made some good improvements, but I really do think one of the major vacancies that are in it, that's just kind of begging to be filled, is the absence of a harder version, with more loot or just more loot quality. I mean, we're looking at adept versions of weapons kind of on the horizon with trials, and it kind of begs the question, are they going to give raids that treatment? Are they going to give dungeons that treatment? Are we going to see the upper echelon content get true upper echelon gear? So let's just open the video by talking about the Deepstone Crypt, alright? I actually think this raid is the first raid in the history of Destiny 2 to actually feature unique aspects to the weapons. Okay, up to now the weapons in the raids, the weapons that you could have gotten Levy or the Layers or Garden or Scourge of the Past or Crown of Sorrow, there wasn't really anything unique about them. They were pulling from the same perk pools and they were similar archetypes to existing guns, so there wasn't an extremely strong draw to use them. Now we all know the Midnight Coup had crazy aim assist and it was a really great gun, but generally speaking This is actually the first time since Destiny 2 launched that they've done something like this in a raid. I actually still believe, however, that these guns have not gone far enough after all the sunsetting assurances were made. We were given assurances about sunsetting that raid loot quality and and loot hierarchy was going to be a more prominent thing because guns were no longer living on this endless viability where they were always able to be leveled up for forever. None of these weapons, as far as I can tell, in the Deepstone Crypt are a threat to any future content that I can imagine because of a couple of unique perks that can only be gotten on them. They're great guns, they're really awesome but the quality and the loot drive is there it, it just isn't as strong as I would like to be so I, I want to say that right the, the loot quality is there the drive is there these are good weapons but I don't think they're good enough I don't think they went far enough in light of the, the massive amount of weapons that were sunset this loot didn't really deliver on that promise one aspect of the raid's loot pool that I don't think is getting enough attention is the extra raid mod slot on the armor and the raid mods. They actually offer benefits that many of us, I think, would find useful if Contest Modifier were back on as an optional modifier to make it harder, or if the encounters were more challenging. Okay. Now, when I say that, I do not agree with the idea that this raid is too easy. I don't. I think a lot of people are... are trotting out that idea that the raid's too easy, it's just a joke, it's just a handout, okay? I actually think the Destiny 2 raid philosophy is the main culprit here, okay? So if you've not paid attention, they shifted in raid philosophy from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2, and their philosophy is everyone does their part and needs to be alive at the end. You know, Joe Blackburn, who's now the assistant game director, 
was quoted, and I'm paraphrasing here, at essentially saying, being dead at the end of an encounter is not ideal. You know, it's basically pushing back on the notion that you can be carried through a raid. So I believe they've actually dialed back what they ask of us in raids. I think Garden was fairly easy as well. A lot of splitting up, but nothing that they were asking to you to do was all that challenging. And I think if this is the way they're going to be going, if they're going to further this idea that everyone does their part, everyone has to be alive, and so they dial back maybe the intensity, maybe the challenge, maybe the depth of the difficulty, this actually leaves room for a harder difficulty. If normal becomes more accessible, becomes more completed and more completable by the community, this leaves a great runway for hard mode, alright? And another thing that plays a part here is more relevancy, alright? Generally speaking, raids last two months maybe and then their engagement goes down we don't really care about them we kind of lose heart we're like well what's the point there's nothing else to go for and now more than ever with the loot intentionality that they've given us in the Deepstone crypt I think people are hitting that wall faster than ever before because you have so much control over what you get from the raid now I had a theory about the Garden of Salvation raid because the loot pool seemed pretty lopsided I thought well they're going to do a hard mode they're going to do another version of Garden where they're going to fill in these gaps if you were trying to do a powerful pursuit in Shadowkeep, garden of salvation was one of the single most frustrating aspects about it because there were so many energy weapons and there was no heavy weapon i don't even know if they've ever done that in the history of raids a raid with no heavy weapon it was really really strange a raid npc that could be updated with new loot new cosmetics and challenges every season I actually thought they were going to do that with Garden. I thought, oh yeah, next season, I bet you they land an NPC. I bet you they do something with the raid to maintain and extend the relevancy beyond the season that it lands in. Given that they've now created a universal raid currency, Spoils of Conquest, a raid NPC would be the perfect way to create more relevancy for raids beyond their launch season, and it would also allow for more loot and good endgame grind to exist. Filling in those gaps, especially with Sun setting especially with archetypal vacancies just guns and missing archetypes that are not presently in the game at least this time around i will say with deepstone crypt there's two kinetics two energy too heavy so it's it's good loot distribution but at the very least you could add one more to each of those one kinetic one energy and one heavy if you did three weapons a season for the next three seasons that's only nine weapons in total that they would add to the pool but it would maintain the relevancy of the Deepstone crypt beyond just its initial launch season since their current bandwidth has clearly shown us that we will be getting one raid per year, a difficulty spectrum combined with new challenges, bounties, or goals would be a nice endgame injection for those that are more committed players. If you're looking at the annual rhythm of raids and you're thinking to yourself, well, geez, I'm not going to get another raid for 12 months. One of the best things that I believe that they could do is offer you that extended relevancy, that injection, keeping things going as opposed to not. Lastly, let's talk about Vault of Glass. In I think lingering in a lot of people's minds, especially if you played a lot of D1, and you're looking at Destiny 2, and you're looking at the lack of a hard mode, you have to be asking this question. And if you haven't been asking this question, you're definitely going to ask it now that I put it on your radar. The Destiny Content Vault ensures there's going to be a regular, ret- regular return of what they called the greatest hits from Destiny 1. First up is Vault of Glass, the Destiny 1 raid hailed by some people as the piece of content that kept the game alive after its rocky debut 
Wii U in 2014. Game comes out, loses lots of players, isn't doing a very good job. Vault of Glass brings mystery, brings endgame, brings this what is this game actually all about. And for many hardcore players, Vault of Glass saved the franchise for them. The more casuals, the more laid back players had already kind of walked away. Leveling didn't make any sense to them. I was literally in the hospital. A guy recognized me. We started talking about Destiny, and he's like, yeah, I remember I couldn't level or get gear or something, so I stopped playing. He had a memory of Destiny 1 where he kind of just stopped playing. So for a lot of people, Vaults of Glass was a pivotal moment in the game's history. Now, Destiny 1 raids featured a normal and a hard mode. Every single one of them. There's four raids, and they all feature a normal and a hard mode, which I think will be sorely missed if they decide to continue with the normal-only philosophy that we've had in Destiny 2 for a while now. I don't even know when they stopped doing it. I think it was after Levy and the Raid Layers. They just stopped doing hard modes because, yeah, that, that's right. Last Wish did not have a hard mode. So starting with Last Wish, they just stopped doing hard mode raids, and I believe they're going to be sorely missed. Like, why not having a hard mode Vogue, not having a hard mode Kingsfall is going to be a bummer, especially Kingsfall. Kingsfall of all raids, not having that difference, not having the Light Eater Knights, the increased amount of Knights and Boomers at the at the totems. Those are things I think that drew a distinction between normal and hard mode. I also really liked, and I know I'm not going to get total agreement with people on this, but I really, really liked how when you were dead, you were dead in hard mode. So maybe even a more limited res system for a hard mode and get rid of the timer so you press on without other players. That's actually not their first experience because it's hard mode, right? You being dead when when an encounter gets beat in hard mode, it's unlikely that's going to be your first clear, okay? That's more likely to happen in normal, so you can leave that timer in normal and the tokens to ensure that most of the community gets that good experience their first time through. The game continues to add more difficulty to activities. Nightfalls have a difficulty spectrum. Nightmare hunts, empire hunts. I mean, these are ground level pieces of content now, and it stands to reason that pinnacle and endgame activities like raids and dungeons should also receive the same treatment, especially when we play games, I'm sorry, content like Prophecy Dungeon and the current raids, and we actually find them more enjoyable when contest is on from the perspective of it feeling challenging and valuing your life and making it feel like it was truly difficult. So we're going to transition to Q&A. If you're in the live audience, don't go anywhere. If you want to submit questions, go ahead and do that as a paying member. If you're listening to this as a recording elsewhere, you can always catch me live at sntrlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about how Destiny 2 raids need a hard mode. If you're listening to this on any of the podcast platforms where you can look up SNTR Presents, you can always watch me live, a live video broadcast Monday through Friday on YouTube. Just go to sntrlive.com. If you're unable to be a part of these live Q&As, we have a community Q&A forum at sntrnetwork.com. sntrnetwork.com is going to continue to get things added to it, new features in the coming year. You're definitely going to want to bookmark it and consider using that community Q&A. Um, thank you, Joseph Young, for the $5 tip. Says, logging into Twitter is the same as sniffing a... Uh, yeah, I'm not reading that out loud. Appreciate you. We all... Yeah, we've all... Um, We've all decided we don't like Twitter. First question from Gilly in the Mist says, Do you think with how raids are built now that Bungie can even implement a hard mode like in the D1 days? With current mechanics needing all six alive for the encounter in DPS, can Bungie even put in a permanent death system into the hard mode? Well, to be clear here, 
yeah, I didn't consider this with Deepstone Crypt, but it would be pretty complex if you had the permanent death aspect of it. So I guess maybe I have to let go of that desire because I really like that in Destiny 1. I really, really did. But I'm just thinking through all the various encounters, you would basically fail a lot of them if one person died and you couldn't bring them back. Now they could do you know, limited revives for the team. So you get like three and after that, nothing, um, you know, there, uh, there'd be no way, there'd be no way for you to do it. So I could see this being a potential, you know, problem, but I also think prestige raids brought something that they could consider doing, which is more plates to spin, more pain points to manage, light eater nights showing up, you know, more enemies coming out from certain areas. So while you're trying to maintain a position or trying to satisfy a mechanic, you have an increased amount of pain that needs to be mitigated. We even talked about like an enemy that would come out and, and take your buff away in this raid, like needing to pay attention to that, that being, you know, um, you know, an, an increased uh, pain point. Generally speaking, you could do that without doing the the death the permadeath thing. I just liked permadeath for a handful of reasons. Number one, it made things feel like everything was on the line. There was definitely those moments of have we done enough damage? Are we far enough in the fight to press on? You know, th- there was those moments of no 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 no, we're almost there, let's keep going. And I liked that. I understand why people didn't like that. Some people have pushed back on the permadeath aspect and said what I think are fair criticisms. Well, it just caused a lot of instant wipes. Like as soon as somebody dies within the first minute or two, you're like, let's just wipe. Why bother? Why continue? Um, you know, the, the, and, and I, and I get that. I do. I don't, I don't necessarily know if you legislate to that though. Even now, if somebody dies really early on and if it's a lengthy fight, you're going to be like, that was a waste. If the team is struggling, especially most teams aren't struggling once they got normal down, you know, and they've got it down pretty pat, pretty practiced. So a lot of people are going to say, well, let's just keep going. That was just an early, you know, uh, early death. Um, prestige tokens where if you die, you lose your token. If you revive someone, you lose your token. So deaths could result in two tokens being lost. Instant wipes and it forced them to mechanically make the raids easier. Right. I mean, the, the current system is is set up in such a way where it's on the screen right now the bottom paragraph that i wrote says that the destiny 2 raid philosophy of everyone does their part and stays alive has led them to dial back what they ask of us and so you don't necessarily have to put us into a permadeath scenario but you could certainly limit revives take the timer away and be like look the team has three revives that's it There's literally a team revive counter down in the corner of three, and every time one of those gets used, you're closer to not being able to res somebody. So you got contest modifier, you got some increased pain points, new things you gotta do, spin a couple more plates, the likelihood of dying goes up, and and then if you use those three tokens, you're done. That's it. You're if someone's dead, they're dead now. I think that would bring some of that element of clutch. You could certainly clutch a lot of the encounters in the Deepstone Crypt if one person was just dead for the remainder of the fight. You'd have to figure out a way of juggling the augments and to figure out, you know, new positioning and stuff, but it could be done, right? 
they dial back what they ask of certain individuals, but not what they ask of the team as a whole. Well, I mean, that's true, but I don't know. I just, when I, when I go play right now, when I go play Garden of Salvation, and when I play this raid, I definitely feel this element of everyone needs to stay alive and touch the baton one time. And in order for us to do that, Bungie's created encounters, environments, and pain points that aren't all that threatening or intense. I just feel like there's a significant lack of intensity in the raids. And I believe one of those, one of the culprits is the idea that, well, we don't anybody, we don't want anybody dead when the encounter is beat. When the encounter is won and mission complete pops up, we don't want people sitting on their, you know, on their ghost death screen. That to them is a terrible result and they don't want to see that happen. So they are, they're doing what they can to minimize the likelihood of that. Unfortunately, I think minimizing the likelihood of that creates an environment where raids are starting to feel easier. Player, player ability and skill has gone up. Our loadouts are absurd. Like we're so strong and you're, you're making it to where a, a team of six more average, more casual players have have a higher probability of defeating it because again, they're 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 not taking the team to that breaking point. You know, it doesn't really feel like they're stretching us. The first time I ran, you know, Atheon Challenge mode, or the first time we realized Light Eater Knights were were eating the orbs, the blights at at Oryx. I mean, the first time you felt those pain points, it was like. Oh my gosh, we have to do more now. We have we have extra things to consider and I think that's where they should take it. In a in a in a at a foundational level, they should probably go back to how they did Taken King. Build the hard mode first and then dial it back for normal. We know when they design dungeons, they design them to be beaten by one person solo, no deaths. Like they make sure that that's actually possible. And then they go from there. So the solo flawless dungeon emblem is literally how they build it. They, they, that, that's that's the goal. And I think they should go back to a similar format with raids and say the the challenging prestige hard mode is where you start, and then you take things away to, to kind of dial it back to normal, giving what feels like a true spectrum of normal to hard. And if you include contest modifier. I think that includes a, a, a an intensity that is that is sorely needed uh, in this type of content. Hitman says, "Lono, I totally agree. As I feel, hard mode is an easy, no-brainer way to extend the content loop. I also feel that the Deep Zone Crypt is one of the best raids they've made in terms of fun and challenge. Do you want more raids like this, or raids that just seem way larger, like Last Wish? I mean." I'm, I'm definitely more in the category of short, sweet, and intense, you know, short, sweet, intense, and clutchable. I mean, if, if you, if you tried to describe Wrath of the Machine in a sentence just full of adjectives, that's kind of where I would land. Short, sweet, intense, clutchable. That's Wrath in my mind. So if we, if this raid brought that intensity with contest and then maybe got rid of the time, the res timer in hard mode. So there was clutchable moments, you know, you press on without one or two people because you're close to the end of the encounter and you know, you lost somebody or you're out of tokens or whatever. Um, in, in, in that realm, I, I, I think that I would prefer that over something that's just huge. Like last wish. I love last wish, but 
I think one of the challenges with raiding in Destiny a lot of the times is this idea of like you got to commit a massive amount of time. So people are either going to be like, you need 28 clears, perfect build. I only have an hour and 10 minutes. And that's, that's roughly how long it'll take a good team to beat this raid. Cause it's so, so huge, you know, polished teams going in and getting 30 and 45 minute clear times might feel chintzy and too easy. But if engagement is up, players are happy loots being acquired. You really have to ask yourself, what's the end game goal of raids? Is it to stiff arm people because of they're too long that, you know, they're too, they ask too much or, you know, is it meant to be something, um, that's, that's engaged with on a regular basis, you know, because more often than not, when I when I'm when I'm hearing complaints about LFG, I wonder if that's one of the drivers is stuff that just you know stuff that takes too maybe takes too long, as too much. And I don't know. Now I'm not saying one's one's better than another. It's just my preference. My preference is short, sweet, you know, and getting it uh, kind of getting it out of the way. You know, I don't think that the current systems are easier than D1 raids. Feels the opposite. These are more difficult. I just don't think so. I really, really don't. I I think in D1, you... It's hard to say it's more difficult. I feel like in D1, they did more of this... um, You... It's hard to to describe it, because D1 just felt different. Um, We weren't nearly as strong. Our loadouts, our builds, none of that was, was nearly as strong. And... We, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't quite have the power that we have now. It felt like a lot of standing and face tanking. Um, D1, half the team did nothing. Is that Paladin Amber in that gif? I didn't realize that she did, uh, isn't that that, that YouTube channel where they like eat the hot stuff or whatever? Um, the blip earlier was a massive outage. Oh, it wasn't something they were doing with accounts. Oh, the Google outage earlier was legit. It wasn't them doing something with accounts. That is really strange. It must have been the login servers then. Um, 50k for New Year's? Yeah, probably not. We're we're struggling to net new subs. I, again, I think they're doing account purging, but the the blip earlier apparently had nothing to do with account purging. It was um it was just an actual blip. Um, so in D1, they could push us harder because if someone wiped, it wasn't over in two minutes. Nowadays, they got to hold back. Yeah, it's just hard to know. You know, it's hard to know. Um, just wait till they bring these raids back. I just think it's such an unfair comparison. Like if we go into the old raids, like if I could right now go back and play Wrath of the Machine with our current builds it would be absurd. It would be so easy. Stasis especially, what the what the Axis room being able to literally close a funnel of damage for 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 for, for almost the whole fight. Like you throw a grenade, I'll throw a grenade, you know what I mean? I don't know. I it, we're so strong now they're gonna have to contextualize some of those pain points and some of those encounters because if not i i don't even feel like we're gonna we're gonna it's not even gonna feel like a raid it's gonna feel like a dungeon gonna feel like a six-man dungeon you know what i mean um so um 
Neos with the next question. Do you think adding something other than currency to a hard mode would be a better idea? For example, adding raid ornaments like D1 and even adding raid weapon ornaments. Currency just seems to be a bit of an issue right now with the raid, seeing that players keep finding ways to cheese it. Yeah, I mean, I would I would say if if they are going to do a hard mode, it can't just be more currency. There needs to be something else going on. I mean, it, to be quite honest, number one, I don't think the raid weapons have gone far enough. Number two, the fact that adept weapons are going to land in the flawless trials chest as well as nightfalls and the raid isn't going to have that is going to feel, to me, is going to feel weird. I don't even think the adept stuff is that impressive, but still, it's an aspect of gun depth that raid weapons aren't going to have. You know, it's like, hey, I got a god roll from the raid, but it's not going to have what the palindrome, shadow price, and swarm has from Grandmaster Nightfalls or whatever, you know, whatever people are getting from the trials chest. Now, again, I don't even think the adept stuff they've outlined looks that great. I look at it and I'm like, well, that's not that amazing. It seems pretty basic. Um, so, you know, it they would have to, I think, either add more weapons or add a, a deeper level to the, to the weapons. Make them cooler, stronger, adept, something so the pool feels like it's deepening as opposed to oh, here's more currency. Now, we've talked about the currency before and, and why the spoils of conquest currency is problematic. Well, it's problematic because people are basically just grinding the easiest encounter over and over and over and over and over again. And it, you know, it it's cheapening it a little bit. You're running an encounter that's literally the first encounter that delivers the currency and loot, and you're running that over and over, and then you go to the final encounter, beat it once, and you can buy, you know, 12 weapons. That, you know, obviously, that you've already had to have earned them, but still, it's... I feel like maybe they went a little overboard. It's, it's, I like the logistics, but what they should have done is said, like a chalice system of some, of, of like, of some point of, you know, like, Hey, you got to rerun the raid. It satisfies this bounty raid chalice thing. And that enables you to get an extra drop. And so that's how it should work. Now, if you wanted to have it tied to a currency, so maybe you could do it and you want to save the currency until you start to see weapons drop. Like, let's say you just got a shotgun, a scout, boots, helmet, and you don't want to spend your currency on your extra runs. I can understand why they would want to let you save up the currency. That's not really the issue. The issue is that you can get the currency to its max stat by literally farming the first encounter over and over and over again, and I just don't think that's in the spirit of how it should work. Now, the way they did it with the Deep Stone, I'm sorry, not the Deep Stone Crypt, the Prophecy Dungeon, when I knew I wanted high stat armor, I had to run the boss fight at the end over and over, and obviously, I used a checkpoint to do that. So when anybody's ever is going to use something that is, you know, sort of a divergent strategy of using the checkpoint, reloading, killing the boss, reloading, killing the boss, and that's kind of your method of farming at least whenever I'm doing that number one I'm farming a boss number two I'm actually having to deal with more RNG you know I'm I'm dealing with the fact that 
hey, there's there is an element of there's a loot pool here there's the rng with respect to like you might not get the gun that you want you might not get the armor that you want and then you might not get the stats that you want right so there's like multiple layers uh to the rng and i think that keeps you in a in a in a safer lane right now it's like run this encounter as many times as you can you can you can stomach it and then when you're done go and run the last encounter once and after you run it one time you can buy the gun 12 times like they've 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 tipped the scales so far toward the player with respect to you know player agency and player uh loot intentionality that unfortunately i think it's going to be like do you remember when the uh, the, the menagerie launched and they had to patch the glitch everybody got accustomed to the glitch everybody got accustomed to using the glitch to get lots of loot um, from the menagerie just off of one run we're in a similar scenario right you're brute forcing something and then you're running the menagerie one time right you're running the raid boss at the end one time and getting 12 I don't know 6 weapons 10 weapons 12 weapons because you can stack it up to 240 and I think if they have to dial that back and they make it a little bit harder on people to, to do that, like, oh, you can't just run security all day, stack up the currency and go into the final encounter. Do you want to know what's going to happen? People are going to complain. You know, they're going to be like, nah, I don't want to do that. Even if you can get five per encounter and let's say you run an encounter in 10 minutes, you're still looking at 40 hours to max it out. Well, okay, so let's not take it to the four. Let's not take it to the extreme, all right? You need 20 to buy a gun. So you run one encounter, 40 minutes, run the final boss. You know, that's one gun every hour. So maybe it's not as bad as I'm making it. Personally, what I would say they should do is tie it to a full raid completion. That way, it, res- it, it it's it's respecting the spirit of what you just outlined. Security, over, 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 and over, and over, go get the gun. Security, over, 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 go get the gun. That turnover rate of loot is roughly what a lot of teams would probably hit anyway if they just ran the whole raid, because you're having to go to orbit, you're having to reload the checkpoint, you have to have the checkpoint holder leave, you got to start the encounter. Like, you got a lot of things that are potentially you know, barriers with respect to, oh, you know, doing it efficiently. It might be better just to stay in the raid and go to the next encounter, get the chests in between, things like that. And if if they were to do it, if they were to do it in that way, we're like, oh yeah, you just basically need to run the whole raid. It would respect the spirit of what it should be, which is you can rerun the raid as many times as you want for extra drops, but you have to actually rerun the raid, right? Don't you have to complete the raid to get to buy the gun, though? Well, no, you can just have two checkpoints saved. You can have a security checkpoint and then a boss checkpoint. Um, maximize your currency and you get more than one gun every boss completion? Something. Um, I don't know. Something to keep people in there. Something to keep people in there is how I would do it. That's how I would do it. Just, to, again, to respect the raid and not turn it into this brute force currency squeeze. Um, again, it's not that extreme, you know, if it's taking you approximately 10 minutes to load the checkpoint, go in, do security, get the thing reset. If that's roughly, if it's a roughly 10 minute turnover for the five, you know, again, you're looking at an hour 
40 minutes to get enough tokens to buy the gun and then the remaining 20 minutes to beat the final boss um uh problem is with that is I don't think it's currently registering a checkpoint or full run on raid report it's not at least that's weird Atrix grants access to adept weapons remove raid checkpoints well no you don't want to do that you don't want to do that no 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 I, I don't think you want to over-legislate and take people's checkpoints away. I don't think that would be a good idea. Um, I think I think that would be really frustrating for people. So, Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and taking part at Q&A. We're going to press on, uh, and the likes have been amazing. Thank you to everybody who's pressed like and subscribe. Uh, I appreciate it very, very much. Kiltson says, Do you think that simply turning contests or hard mode with prestige red tokens, adding a few weapons would suffice for hard mode minimal effort on their end and it could scratch the itch i mean the easiest thing that people have outlined is just turn on contest modifier that's what a lot of people have said just turn on contest and give me double currency a lot of folks have said that now again the dilemma you're going to run into there is two contest mode security runs as a gun you know i would say adding new weapons or a new hierarchy of weapons would be the best way to do it right so rather the machine they literally had an entirely new loot pool of guns for hard mode you ran normal you ran hard there was double drops there was new guns only droppable uh on 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 hard mode so i don't know for me i don't think currency is enough i don't think just contest modifiers enough i do however think that's a start is that's what i would say i would be like that's a start Give us contests, give us double currency, and then maybe iterate from there. You know that that's at least something. That's that's better than what we have now. What we have now is is nothing, right? I I still think long term what they should invest in is a raid NPC, right? The idea that every season something's happening with that raid. So, Garden is the raid for the year, okay? Deepstone Crypt is the raid for the year. And every season, if you're a a committed player, if you're a hardcore player, you're, you're somebody who just loves raiding, you know every season there is something for you. There's a seasonal rank with the NPC. There's new guns, cosmetics, new challenges, new something to do. So suddenly, the Deepstone Crypt feels fresh again. Suddenly, Garden feels fresh again. That's how I would do it. Like, if I was on the raid team, that's what I would be pushing for. Hey, that's cool. You just increase the reward uh, the reward team's staff and bandwidth. All right, great. Have one of them cook up an NPC with a seasonal rank and new things for the raid so that every season throughout year four, year five, whatever year you're in, there there is something going on. It's not just completely it's not just completely out of frame, you know? Apparently maintenance is happening right now, guys. It's only supposed to last about 15 minutes. If you're coming in to check on what's going on, we're talking about why we need hard modes and raids. Uh, if you're enjoying your time, we're, we're really asking for folks to hit the like and subscribe button today as, uh, as YouTube's purging old accounts, sub counts taking a hit, and the like count always helps the video get recommended. Joseph Young with the next question. 
Is it an oversimplification to think that Bungie should just make a hard mode as selectable contest, or is that way too, uh, or is it way more complicated in a way that a non-dev wouldn't know? I mean, I don't actually think that's that's that would be hard for them to do. Just make a separate mode, and you click it, and you get contest, right? I actually don't think that that's 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 a, that's a super difficult thing to do. Here's here's kind of the problem with that, right? You're basically you're basically not doing anything to the raid. You're not doing anything to the encounters, and it smacks of Grandmaster. Like the reason that I don't like Grandmaster is that's the spirit of what they did. They just slap something on existing content. It doesn't feel like an iteration. It doesn't it doesn't feel like they actually did something. Okay? It feels like a um I don't know. It's like it feels like a coat of paint on a on a if it, it feels like a coat of paint on a on a on a an old vehicle. It's like I can still see it's an old vehicle. I don't you, you didn't you didn't really do anything. You just you just painted it, and made it look nice, you know. Um, yo, Token X coming in, renewing their membership, getting a blue badge. That's five members of the day. Thank you to everybody today who has clicked the join button to get their badge emotes and then the perks in Discord. If you click the join button, you can use the question command to submit questions that'll show up on the screen just like this. This is a member perk. So I'm not going to sit here and act like, nope, it's, uh, it's, it's easy. Just join with the free premium membership. Or what? You must be in another country. I don't think America, I don't think the American region gets that right now. I don't think so. Um, anyway. So, yeah. I, I would, I would say that this sounds great, but I would want them to go farther. If they're literally going to do nothing, then I would at least take optional contest mode with double the currency. I would take that. You know? Um, so. Apparently my YouTube premium gave me a free super chat. Oh, Token X is in the UK. Yeah, I think the YouTube premium one free membership thing, I think they have it until a certain date. And I think they tested it in the summer in the United States and it ended like late June or something. So. Matt Ben. Just to clarify, hard mode is not prestige mode. Prestige Callus was so buggy and disheartening. I'd like to see hard mode have a light slider like Nightfalls. Well, I wouldn't use Callus as your example, okay? Callus was a buggy mess even on normal right you're, you're sliding through the barriers you know there's 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 all kind of glitches in uh, the Leviathan raid the dogs were glitchy the barriers were glitchy at, at Callus and whether you call it prestige mode or hard mode doesn't really matter they both do the same thing right they both do the exact same thing so if 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 you want to call it if you want to call it you know, master mode or grandmaster mode, whatever, right? 666 likes. Oh, we have to put an end to that. Please, chat. Roll it over to 700. We can't have that many likes. We cannot abide that. You gotta get that devil number out of here. Like, come on. Um, so I don't care what you call it, right? The spirit of prestige mode, the spirit of hard mode is that the difficulty, the delta, the challenge, the mechanics, something is increasing okay something is increasing this is why i think the 
the way that they structured it in D1 works so well. Normal, then hard mode, re, you know, revives change. It's the, the enemies are stronger. They're asking you to do more, and then there's challenge mode. So it's normal, hard, challenge, right? Normal, hard, challenge. So you, you it, it goes up. By the time you got to hard mode, Wrath of the Machine, and challenge mode was activated, you um, you had to slam the four rooms at at uh, Vosik. You had to slam the plates every time at Axis, right? So those I think are good examples. Those are good examples of Spectrum in the content. So I don't care what you call it, Prestige, Hard Mode, Master, Grandmaster, whatever in a frick you call it, that's fine. If if they make it harder, if they make it more challenging, and they give you loot accordingly, then I give you a thumbs up, you know? I give you a thumbs up. Right now, they're not doing anything, so, you know? Andrew Carrera, do you think Bungie should revert back to the design philosophy behind King's Fall and Wrath, where they built hard mode first, and then they downturned it for normal and made the peak rates harder? Unfortunately, this is a repeat. I actually say this all the time. I say that the the pinnacle of difficulty spectrum is the King's Fall raid. I don't actually know if they built the hard mode of Wrath first and then dialed it down. I don't know if they ever ever said that, okay? I think King's Fall was the time where they actually opened up and said, yeah, we made hard mode first, and then we dialed it down. So the idea was, just how far can we take the team? How much can we stretch them? You know, stand on this plate, and there's boomers up top, and there's there's knights on the bottom, and oh, while you're trying to shoot Golgoroth, somebody's going to get unstable light, and you know potentially kill the team, and you know while you're doing war priest, he's going to abs- he's going to absorb a power from the totems, and some of the powers are worse than others, so you got to pick which which totem you're going to use first, right? Or or I'm sorry, which which tower or which rock? You know, sisters wasn't much. Sisters just took away a delay. There was like this weird interim delay in between where they took that away. So hard mode, it went right into phase two, right? And so you kind of had to like stay on your toes. Um, and then, you know, the, the Oryx fight, you had the, the Light Eater Knights coming out. And so I think that was the best spectrum. I actually didn't think Wrath Normal to Wrath Hard was that noticeable because they did things from more of a quantitative thing. Instead of throwing three bombs, they got to throw six bombs. The monitors are smaller. There's more servitors required. There's more this required. Everything was quantitative, so it kind of felt like... I, it kind of felt like they just took what they what they asked you to do and they were like yeah you're gonna have to do it twice now (laughs) you're like that's it that's all so it but i will say this it's at least it's at least in the simple you know i um the simple and good lane of asking us to do more instead of just being like uh it's just you know contest mode they shoot harder now no they want you to do more you know i forgot about the war priest mechanic where it was a pick your poison that was so good i'm telling you what man people forget how fun low mans were 
having to do a low man on the fly, like War Priest low man got crazy because you always went to the taken phase and you had to like you like I always told people if you have to low man war priest and you're at the taken phase go up on the right hide in that little room kill all those ads then kind of move through the room killing all the ads clearing all the plates and get ready to go it was until you kill the last knight he's not going to start his little symbols uh, the light up symbols on the rocks or whatever so it was like move through the room nice slow and methodical everybody panics in war priest the minute you're low man and they're like oh my gosh we got to kill the knights kill the knights kill the knights it's like no 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 stick together and calmly move through the room killing everything because man it gets nuts those guys start putting the fire on the ground they start trying to like and then you're getting swarmed low man is when members of the team are dead and you have to continue on without them you're down a man you're low man um you're not at full capacity you don't have all six players um those are those are commonly referred to as like low man challenges you you go in with a smaller team um uh, bringing back crazy good memories. Those strats were so fun. Yeah, a lot of people forget that l- low manning, um, low manning created this 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 semblance of um, th- it created this feeling of of achievement. It created this feeling of you did something abnormal. Uh, y- you you were suddenly asked to do something and you rose to the occasion. Like, right now, if you go into an encounter and you intentionally low man it, it's different. You plan accordingly. You set your loadout to a certain thing. You bring certain weapons. You you position yourself in certain ways. Why? Because you know you are going to low man it. To suddenly have to do a four-person detonation at Oryx and you're like on challenge mode and you're all the way at the end and you shuffle people around like, all right, you have the relic. You need to stand in front of Oryx. I'm going to switch to position two and you guys go to three and four. All right, go detonate in three, two, one, go. Like having to make those pivots on the fly in the shrinking window of opportunity at Oryx because you're down a man, that is a rush because it's unplanned. You're not actually you're not actually planning on that happening. You're having to sort of on the fly make those pivots and moves, right? All right, we're down a man. Drop the cannons off in the center. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna double cannon, triple cannon, you know, whatever cannon uh, at axis. That's one of the things I think that's missing uh, under this philosophy. I understand why they're doing what they're doing, right? The idea. The idea that they don't want people dead at the end. I get it. I totally do. I think the idea of not being dead at the end and the res timers and all of that, that's dope for normal. I think hard mode should bring something else to the table. It really, really should. Cyril Porter says, roll the likes over to 700. We're so close. Yeah, we're 18 likes away. Uh, That'll be an insane ratio. 800 people, 700 likes. That'll get a lot of recommendation clicks in here, I bet. Foss Green says, do hard mode raid weapons and adept weapons in general need combat style specific perks? I think it's odd that the Braytech raid wep- uh, guns don't create warmind cells and a charge with light enhancer would be amazing on the other guns. Well, this is why I said I don't think the raid weapons went far enough. I don't think that they did. That's a start, right? 
it certainly is a start what did we ask for unique standout weapons and we got that they're unique there are perks that only they can get so they're unique okay they're standout they're good weapons they're it's not a bunch of trash like right it's not like you know half the weapons in in crown of sorrow right they are they're good weapons they're good in their lane in their archetype okay however i don't think they went far enough I, I don't know. To me, I feel like raid weapons and raid armor should be I- intrinsically better. There should be a qualitative difference where like these are excellent in the raid. Maybe they're better in the raid. Maybe they do things in the raid that you know others can't. Um, so I, I would go further. You know, like like you're saying, even something like a war mind cell or charge with light, something, something synergistic, something that we, we you you can't presently do being like oh my my gun can overload its mag if i wait you know what's that perk re um is that reconstruction i mean is that that's nice but is that that exciting is that raid weapon worthy just slowly over overloading a mag you know even though even though the the thing is <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's just sitting there it's, you're not doing anything with it. I mean, I like it. I'm not saying I don't like it. Eh, it just doesn't feel as, that great, you know? It, it's nice. It's not bad, but it should be a lot better than it presently is. So. Ashen, is there any hard mode on the calendar? I have a sinking feeling if we don't get a hard mode during this expansion or this season, we won't get one at all. At this point, it's old content, isn't it? Well, hear me out here. Okay, hear me out. It's possible, it's possible that they are going to use Vogue as the catalyst, right? Uh, they're going to use Vogue as the catalyst, right? Oh, they updated the Cryptolith lore. Uh, they just pushed out an update today. Charge rate is now two times faster on the Cryptolith lore, and it holds up to five stored lore charges. Well, that's a good that's a good change. I think that's a good change. Um, it still sucks, but at least they're doing something. That's relatively quick too. That's that's pretty quick uh, in the realm of bungee changes. That's pretty fast. Um, that's a that's a decent update. Um, I I wonder if they're pushing that out because tomorrow with the dawning, we're gonna get that seventh lure thing, and then be able to go get Hawkmoon random rolls the seventh lure and then rerunning the mission on hard or whatever we're supposed to do they got data mined you know that might be tomorrow maybe that's why they had to push that out because they know tomorrow is going to like draw attention to the lure and they don't want it to be it's pretty bad (laughs) so um so now I have five lures stored at all times nice there you go uh now back to what I was saying to Ashen okay they could decide in whatever season that Vogue lands to use Vogue as the catalyst for hard mode. And then they could say, and next season we're going to launch a hard mode for Deep Zone Crypt. You see what I'm saying? I don't want to create this false dichotomy where they either add it now or they're never going to add it. Like, I get where you're coming from. It would certainly feel like it's going to be really, really unlikely to land um, it would it, it would potentially feel that way. Like ah, it's, it seems really really unlikely. 
uh, that we're going to be we're going to be getting a hard mode if it doesn't land in the Deepstone Crypt. I am actually tracking with your logic, and I don't think it's bad logic, but I, I'm leaving open the possibility that they. Um, I'm leaving. I'm leaving open the possibility that Vogue serves as the catalyst to hard mode because it had a hard mode. So that could be kind of the era of let's bring back the days of old. Let's bring back you know hard mode, and Vogue would be a great way to do it. And then you know the final season. Oh wait, wait. Oh, this could be even better. Think of it this way. Think of it this way. They could add a hard mode to. Um, the Deepstone Crypt, but they could also add hard modes to Garden and Last Wish because I feel like we're going to be doing stuff on Dreaming City to kind of get things ready for Savathun and Witch Queen expansion. So they could bring maybe that Age of Triumph vibe, right? They bring hard modes, raids are maybe rotating, challenges are rotating, something like that. Maybe they do that. I don't know. Um, I don't know. You're the Destiny pessimist? Well, I think right now your your pessimism is probably in some respects well founded, you know? They swung and missed on some stuff here. Um I'm hoping the Witch Queen raid is called Queen's Fall. Probably not. Um I thought they were going to really really bring back the nostalgia and the hype by calling her expansion uh the Taken Queen. <laughs> I wanted it. I wanted the Taken Queen expansion so bad. They're calling it the Witch Queen, which yeah, it's got that Lord of the Rings vibe. Lord of the Rings was, uh, you know, they had the Witch King. So there's definitely a, uh, I think there's definitely a vibe there that they're that they're tapping into. Um, in general, in general, I think that hard modes, I think, are going to feel the most absent. They're going to feel the most absent in in the old raids. Because they were literally the capstone. There were guns that would only drop in hard mode. There were things that that you could only experience and have happen in the hard mode version of a raid. Like those were those were all you know um, aspects of a raids. Raids were basically like two parters, right? They were like two parters: normal, hard, and then they. I think they started doing challenging. With, they they started doing challenges with King's Fall because I remember. One of the cool things about the challenges in King's Fall Raid, there was an emblem every time, and the emblems were actually pretty cool. There was like a spider emblem, and then there was like an emblem that was like red spiral. I think that, I think one was, I think the spider one was for, um, maybe that one was for friggin' uh, Golgoroth, and then the spiral one was for the War Priest. I thought those were, I thought those emblems were pretty cool. So they, you know, they introduced challenge mode with King's Fall and then they, they perpetuated that into both Wrath of the Machine as well as Age of Triumph. And anytime I'm going in to a raid or honestly content in Destiny, that's kind of always my question. Is there going to be a spectrum? Is there going to be more to this than what you're initially, you know, rolling out? And I, I think that that they're starting to see that as a as a need okay so nightmare hunts night falls even empire hunts these are all these are all pieces of content that are getting a spectrum and you may or may not want to do you may or may not want to do the hard mode it's optional and it gives you that ability to say i'm i'm setting my sights on the better drop rate or the better currency or the better or the better whatever. So it's going to feel weird. 
I made a similar argument, right, about the the guns not getting an update. Armor 2.0 is here, and they added a, a level to your ghost and mods to your ghost, and guns are still sitting there looking the same way they did in Forsaken. And so I feel like raids are going to feel in a similar sort of, hey, what's going on here? You know, you guys added master and grandmaster nightfalls you've got all these difficulty settings on nightmare hunts and empire hunts like where's the where's the raid difficulty why was there not a hard mode prophecy dungeon you know as soon as contest slid off of prophecy dungeon i remember being kind of disappointed you know it was like man that, that 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 contest kept it intense heart of quartz how do you feel about encounters that aren't too hard but are very long? A test of endurance. You don't want to do this too much. You don't. I think one of the reasons that King's Fall is one of the most liked raids, but also it's one of the ones that people didn't run that much. It was like they liked it, they thought it was dope, but then they kind of put it down. It was twofold. Number one, the loot wasn't there. The loot quantity, the loot quality wasn't good enough. You could get primaries elsewhere that were equal to, if not better, than virtually every primary in the raid, right? The Smite of Moraine was nice, but the Scout Rifle, why? Why? Hand Cannon, terrible. You know, the the, the loot quality wasn't there. And then the second problem, there were two encounters that would take you all the way to that red zone, okay? Totems, you could literally be one rotation away on totems and one person dies and it's like really really hard to put the put put Humpty Dumpty back together again okay and then Oryx was a similar battle especially once there was Oryx challenge there was this sense of you have got to be kidding me we just made our fourth bombs and you messed up and our relic runner fell and that's it right what's it we're done you know, like, I, I don't think people like that aspect of King's Fall. That's usually why when King's Fall comes up, there are people that praise it for its memory, but a lot of people are like, I didn't like King's Fall. I liked it for a week or two, but then it was like, no, thank you. We literally started skipping totems. I would spend more time on totems than the rest of the raid. Because all it took was somebody getting sleepy and getting blown up, and then you're like, the whole team gets wiped. It's a, it's a wipe mechanic, right? It's, it's 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 literally a mechanic that says, "Oh, you weren't standing here. Everyone's dead now, right?" So, I like I like this kind of fights. I'll tell you one of the ways I think they did it in a way that was actually really really good. The Vosic challenge was a challenge of endurance. They knew that really good teams, polished teams, were absolutely just wiping the floor with with Vosik, just killing him super, super fast, right? You get a bunch of people in there with Sleeper, and man, oh man, you're tearing him down. So the idea that the challenge meant you had to detonate four rooms, which meant you had to kind of go the distance in that fight, it actually made the fight feel different. It made the fight feel harder because you had to synergize on the rooms, the room callouts, detonating the rooms, and then you couldn't kill him. You're like, no, we literally can't kill the boss. We have to go another round. We need more bombs to blow up uh, the rooms, to throw uh, to throw in the rooms. So I like that, right? 
Something they did at the end of um, Deep Stone Crypt that I really, really like. This is reminiscent of the Axis fight with slamming the plates. If you blow up his four thrusters, if you blow them all up, and you successfully dunk the four bombs, you get a really, really long damage phase, and this is how people are one-phasing him. We're, we're, we've been so close numerous times to a one-phase, it's, it's, it's frustrating. But I like that. I actually like that. Not only do you have to finesse the mechanics to get the longer DPS phase, if you want to one-phase him, you got to finesse the DPS phase. Your your divinity's got to be on point. People got to make sure they don't get killed. Watch their standing. Watch their positioning. Right? I like that. I like when something can be finessed for efficiency or endured for a challenge. I think both of those are options in the bag that they could put you know potentially pull out and use, as opposed to what a lot of us are accustomed to is you know you you figure it out and then you just boom you just melt the boss you figure out the mechanics the mechanics are literally a nuisance on the way to you know your boss melt you know boss melting is fun but in raids there should be something that keeps that from happening consistently whether it's just difficult in general cuz the time window for damage is short or you know there's there's i think there's a lot of ways um that actually was one of my criticisms if you go back and you watch my review of the Deepstone Crypt raid I feel the final boss encounter is so rigidly legislated to how we do damage it's like you can tell that they don't want us to one phase right you can tell they don't want us to one phase they've literally set it up to where one phasing is harder because of of how you do damage and and how you have to stand and you can get killed and you got this teeny little do- this this teeny little spot right where you have to stand um you know it's it's like i can feel their development in the design of the fight King's Fall ruined raids for me. I used a Sherpa all the time. Explaining counterclockwise to grown men got exhausting. <laughs> oh, man. I feel for you. I feel for you. King's Fall was actually a... Um, one of the reasons it... he. Oh, man. This is actually something I didn't think about. Really, really long encounters. Based on this question from Heart of Courts. One of the reasons I think people don't like long encounters is it also means there's like this all right is everybody ready okay stand here okay so all right we're all gonna start here and we need to do this and stand here and do that and then we're gonna move up here and then when we're up here we have to do this and this and this so and so are you paying attention okay cool after we're up here we're gonna go down here and stand and after we're standing down here we're gonna get pulled into this section when we're pulled into this section the strategy you want to use is you want to position yourselves in this way and stand here and do that then after that's done we're all gonna come back to the middle and restart and do it all over again do you see like i get it i get why king's fall is just like nah dude i'm good i don't feel like going through a 15 minute tutorial only to have somebody completely forget steps four through seven you know (laughs) one of the things i like about the shorter encounters is you can kind of be like stand here watch for this we're going to grab this and then we'll kind of come together in a minute you'll kind of get the feel for it right you can kind of just it's more like a battle they kind of have to experience it you can't really explain it all to them so i i think there's pluses and minuses to both i don't want an entire raid of oryx i don't want an entire raid of that right 
I don't want an entire raid of Vosik, Axis, or even the stuff that we're doing in Deepstone Crypt. I kind of like a mixture of both. Periodically, I think it's good to have a raid encounter where you're like, ugh, this is so long. You know, like, I think Riven legit is supposed to feel that way. You're supposed to get to Riven doing it legitimately, and you're supposed to be like, Oh, my nemesis, here we go, you know, by, you know, this old, this old bear of an encounter. It's, I think it's supposed to have that feel as opposed to everything feeling like, well, you can just kind of learn along the way, you know. Kingsfall was the raid that just kind of clicked perfectly with my brain. Yeah, come on, yeah, come on, man, who didn't kill their knight? <laughs> and then everyone, that was my least favorite thing about Raid Sherpa, is no one will just admit to their mistake. It's like, if you admit to your mistake, we can move on and just run it again. And we know that, you know, so and so over here needs to pay attention to whatever just killed them or whatever they forgot about. But when nobody says anything, you're like, okay, run it again. And then you die, and you're like, all right, uh, what happened? Like, everyone's scared. My favorite inexperienced raiders are the ones that are like, oh, dude, my bad. Oh, my gosh. I shot the wrong eye. I did the wrong thing. I shot the wrong whatever, right? I love playing with people like that. It's so much easier to take the failure. You're like, yeah, it's okay, dude. You know, let's just run it again. You know, let's just run it again. We know what the mistake was. That's something that's fixable. Especially in King's Fall. Because if I knew, you know, plate number two or three was struggling with their knight, I could position myself to assist, to, you know, to help out. And, uh, you know, that, that was something that if you're not, you know, you're not aware of is really, really hard. Lack of self-responsibility on most raids these days? Well, yeah, because like, you know, Garden of Salvation, I can't see you. I don't know what's happening. You know, Riven legit, you guys are on your side and you keep screwing up. What is going on over there? And everybody's just dead quiet. Our day one Riven, not our day one, I'm sorry, our week one Riven. We got to Riven, everybody went to bed, we came back like a day or two later. And the the most frustrating aspect about Riven, I couldn't see what was happening and no one would tell me. They're just like... You know, I don't know. Someone's not helping. Someone's not this. And it's like, can 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 someone just you know, speak up? <laughs> it's not just know what to do. It's like know when to fess up. <laughs> I need both. I need both. I don't even need know what to do. I just need good listener. And you know when it's time to fess up and be like, I shot the wrong thing. I'm sorry. You know, um, part of not owning the mistake is enraged is fear of getting kicked. Oh, yeah, the bad LFG teams that are like, who shot the wrong eye? Him? Get him out of here. And they kick him to orbit. So it's like, who shot the wrong eye? And everyone's like whistling like, wasn't me. (laughs) Two nights ago, someone admit that he didn't know the sparrow cheese. He died 10 times before he admitted it. (laughs) Why would you say you know the sparrow cheese if you didn't? It takes all of 10 seconds to explain. <laughs> oh, that hurts. Hurts my soul. We got a couple questions left, guys. Thanks for a huge turnout today. Remember, when we roll likes and sub counts over, it helps the channel out. So if you're here, a lot of people watch this channel and never sub or like. We appreciate it when you do. It's free. 
and it helps out the channel in this video. Fighting Chemo says, for hard mode, do you think it'd be best to go back to the D1 formula of a higher delta and slightly harder mechanics? I actually think you need both. Okay? You need both. If you just do one of these things, it would feel like a half measure. I believe these two things come together locked arm in arm. They're interlocked. You can't just be like, throw on a delta. Now I know, I know delta seems like contest modifier seems like a good solution, right? It does. It seems like, oh, that'll bring back that day one intensity. Even that, I think, doesn't quite go far enough. Now, obviously, if you flip this around and you say, well, don't do anything with contest modifier, just add a couple new mechanics. That also, I don't think really, you know, it, it, that, that again is a, that's a half measure, you know, that feels like a half measure. I believe these two have to come together in order for them both to flourish. You can tell you're if in one of those teams before you start joining an LFG team is not an obligation to play with the team through BS. Well, sure, right? I'm not. I'm not saying um, you shouldn't care if you get kicked from those teams, right? Like, if you get kicked from a team that like doesn't tolerate even the slightest mistake, you probably don't want to play with those people anyway, right? But at the same time, that spreads through the community, and people are terrified. They are terrified to admit they shot the wrong eye or forgot to kill their light eater knight because they think they're going to get in trouble. The worst was, you know, you're streaming it. And someone somewhere is going to watch it back and be like, it was that guy. He's the one that messed up. And then we're all like, oh, uh, hey, buddy, uh, we watched the pet. We watched back the, the tapes. You know, we, we, we go to the tapes. We watch back the tapes. And uh, yeah, you didn't you didn't do your thing. You got to figure that out. You know, I got to tell you, the most legendary, um, the most legendary raid fail was a guy who claimed he could not see a, a, another player. His, I was like, you need to partner up with so-and-so, just stick with them. He was like, I can't see him. I'm like, dude, you can see all of our names. All you have to do is spin around and you can see all of our names. You can see us literally through the walls. You can't see our characters, but you can see our names. Rotate around until you find him. He's like, I'm telling you, man, I can't see him. Now, this was in D1 before they gave you the ability to turn your HUD off. So it was like his HUD was magically off. It was the single most awkward, most strangest experience I had ever had. He literally backed out. He's like, you don't need to make fun of me. I'm like, dude, I'm not making fun of you. I mean, it, it's it's slightly comical that you're claiming you can't see your teammate. Like, you just you just have to like spin around and look and he left he literally left the team he was like i'm just i can't do this man and he left the raid team it was like he cracked under the pressure it's like maybe people watching maybe being on a stream and people being able to hear him i don't know what it was this this man cracked under the pressure he was like i i can't i'm out right every once in a while we had people who trolled and would play poorly on purpose and you know and 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 try to throw the team off um, could he not read? Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he couldn't read. Maybe it was literally a matter of like, he's looking for a username and doesn't have that. I, I don't know. Um, playing devil's advocate. Sometimes those teams that you mentioned before are trying to complete it for like five hours straight and probably don't have any friends available to knock it out. Well, 
I think there's a difference between kicking somebody when they make their first mistake and kicking somebody because they're an idiot, right? There's a difference. Sometimes it's hard to tell, but if you've literally caused the team to wipe eight times in a row and you always have an excuse and you won't own up to it and they have to like drag it out of you that you're screwing up, well, you probably deserve to get kicked. Sometimes, I'm just going to be honest here, sometimes I think the whole, I got kicked for one minor mistake, I think that's a big fish tail. I think they were a screw up and they want to blame the team and they don't want to own up to the fact that they're a screw up. Does that make sense? Like, I think sometimes people are telling tall tales. They're like, yep, I made one little mistake uh, and they just kicked me out right away. No, it was probably mistake number 25 and they got sick of your bull crap and they kicked you out. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I think it's a mixture of both. I think people genuinely are impatient and rude and kick people too easily. But I also think people tell tall tales when they don't want to just open up and be like, yeah, I was a screw up. I caused like 18 wipes in a row. I mean, listen, I was in Crown of Sorrow day one with people who wouldn't just own up to the fact that they were playing poorly and they needed to either play better or position themselves differently. They just got defensive. And it was just like, dude, you die or you're dying more than everybody else. You gotta figure you gotta figure this out, you know? Some people, even people that want to play day one raid, you know, and are traditionally a good raider, sometimes they just crack under the pressure and they just can't own up to to, to just they're playing, you know, below their their ability. You know? It happens sometimes. It happens sometimes. So couple more questions here guys thank you again uh we only need you know 76 people if you're if you're new and haven't clicked like give that a smash by the way uh this is a safe for work broadcast so you you can keep me on in the background a lot of people treat me like radio this is something we do every day live q a with the audience if you're a paying member you can submit questions and it shows up on the screen just like this clap for you says doing the raid for the first time this weekend and it being my first raid ever, I found it to be easy to get through with the group I was with. Do you think a hard mode would make a difference when the mechanics are the same? And that, uh, and and what kind of loot would be worth the hard mode? It's you know, it's weird. The anecdotal, like I ran through and it was really easy. Um, if 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 you're if you were the team that knows what they're doing. Um, if, if you were the team that knows what they're doing, then that's like an unfair sampling, right? Because they're going to be able to just glide over all of the challenges. So think about what we did on Friday night with the VIP fight night raid challenge and people were running really crappy loadouts. There were numerous moments where the team messed up and was able to fix it because everybody knew what they were doing. So I think the problem is, is if you glide through the raid, if you glide through the raid with no problem and you're with the team that knows what they're doing, that's just such a, a biased sampling. Because if I, imagine me doing VIP fight night and, and, and bringing in people that don't know what they're doing. It wouldn't have been entertaining. It wouldn't have been fun. It would have been a lot of talking, a lot of instruction, and a lot of wipes, you know? Lots of things are easy with a good team. However, I've also had people wipe and strikes over and over. That's right. That's right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yo, Michael coming in with a $5 tip through Super Chat. New to the stream, but it's great. 
calm and peaceful thank you guys so much if you ever want to send a tip you can either use super chat or use our tip command we have a way for you to send tips now directly through the SNTR network if you feel like doing it that way instead and uh, eventually we're going to offer membership tiers on there as well so thanks so much for the tip through super chat um as far as the second part of your question Let's just accept the fact that, like, you're asserting the raid's a little too easy, so is contest not- is contest gonna be enough, right? Is contest modifier, with no new mechanics, gonna be enough to make the raid truly feel like it's harder, like it's challenging, okay? I- as I said a little bit ago to somebody else, I feel like the two come together. I feel like contest would eventually be just play it here, play it safe, play it passive- you know, whatever the case may be. And you're, it, it would, it would just, you would dial in a lot of the same strategies. I would prefer a hard mode that does two things. It brings the intensity and the threat of death with contest, and it asks you to do something new. Okay. What if, for example, what if on security, it created an element of needing to either shoot and see more sensors underneath or more ads underneath, right? So you're trying to do more under under a, a greater threat because on contest, those guys hurt you pretty bad. Now, I will say this. I think there's something weird going on with the enemy AI and the aggro. I think, this is my theory. Bungie said they were shifting things around with the quest script the quest script they were going to move all that stuff to the physics script and it was going to help them do new things now they also said that was going to create issues with the way that enemies behaved in some of the older content now what we know about raids is they're in development for a really really long time I wonder if this raid needs an update or a patch or a fix the way that prophecy was updated and fixed because when I'm down underneath at security Sometimes those ads will literally collect in an area and they don't even try and find me. They just freaking stand there. And it's like, why aren't these guys moving? Why aren't they kiting? Why aren't they pathfinding? They should be looking for me. They should be a threat. Even when contest mode was on, you know, one grenade would slow them down and they weren't really a threat. It was like, ah, there's, there's nothing going on here. So there's a couple things going on in this raid. I think that might be one of the reasons why people are like, this is so easy. Well, if the ads weren't so dumb and they were drawing aggro and and moving pathfinding and and kiting properly as opposed to all collecting in an area and sitting there 30 and so gaming brought that up on the rage's round table he was like i came around the corner and the ads were just standing there he's like what are you what are you doing like you know, come on apply pressure move let's Let's see some hustle, like, you know, like a coach. Come on, let's see some hustle out there, boys. They're all standing around. It's like in in Destiny 1, I feel like they did a better job with pathfinding in some of these encounters. The Knights and the Thrall were always going to push to you. They were going to come to you. And if you didn't kill them, you were going to pay the price, right? And so... In this in this particular one, now I know with Garden, they're all pushing toward the thing, and you got to keep them back. I've always felt like the Vex are trash. They're enemy as an enemy type. I've always felt like the Vex are absolute trash. Other than like a Hydra, um, you know, spamming and shooting at you a bunch. 
I'm always like, they are bad at movement, aim, all of it. Minotaur's teleporting is probably the only time where you get a little tilted. They just don't seem they're all they don't they don't seem all that threatening, right? So I would say that's something they need to look at. What's going on with the ads, the aggro, you know, their awareness, their aim, why aren't they really targeting, moving, you know, and in this in this raid in particular, if they were to take a look at that and add contest. So they're hitting harder, dying slower. And on top of that, they ask you to do more, spin more plates. I've always thought once somebody gets good at a certain encounter or or good at a certain area, throw them another plate to spin. You know? Throw them another plate. So you're, you're, you know, you got all these plates spinning and you think you're pretty good. Well, throw this one into the mix. You know, Light Eater Knights. You know? It didn't change the fight. It wasn't like you suddenly had to do 18 other different things, but it, it definitely brought that other extra plate, you know, plate spinning. And I thought that was good. Uh, happy Jengar. Oh, you guys told me how to pronounce this the other day and I already forgot. Raids seem to be less intense in D2 compared to D1. Is there a way to ramp up the intensity besides just making enemies bullet sponges? Well, you know... I think I think there's there's a happy medium here and I actually I have been a big proponent of contest and I know I'm also a big sort of like I speak out against the issues of just like oh just raise the enemy's health and damage output that's all you need to do right I've been a big sort of criticizer of that for grandmasters it's just a bunch of negative modifiers in a power delta I I don't I I find that to be boring right so I think there is a happy medium here and I said this after the prophecy dungeon came out I said man I missed the intensity the intensity of contest modifier I missed it the bowl encounter where like the things are shifting around you're in this big giant bowl fighting that guy that fight was so much more intense when I actually was gonna have to potentially die and guillotine wasn't one shotting the boss you know everybody stacks up and goes crazy with guillotine so to me, I think intensity is, in many respects, it's related to this, but you can easily, I think, overshoot and make it really stupid, where it's just, everything's a bullet sponge, everything is shooting you, everything is obliterating you, and it doesn't feel like it's challenging, it feels like it's cheap. I, I think there is a distinct difference between something that is challenging and something that is cheap. I can go in and give you a gun that one-shots everything. Are you really strong and powerful? Are you really overcoming the difficulty? No. You're gliding over it. It's cheap. What I gave you is a cheap imitation of power. You could say the same thing when you put the shoe on the other foot. Oh, all these enemies are so strong, they're practically you know two-shotting you. They're two-tapping you in a game where you have no lateral agility and no blocking and no parrying, and you're getting two-tapped. Your player's time... It's not time to kill, right? It's not TTK. It's TTD. Your time to death is really short and fast. Well, uh, if that's all they do, that's just as cheap as me giving you a gun that's bam, 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 one-shotting everything. It's just as cheap. It's just as chintzy. It's it's not a true challenge. It's it's a cheap imitation of challenge. So, 
that's 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 been my hey we can find a happy medium you know position in speech for a while now so 830 something people here we only need 60 folks to press like to roll over to 800 that would be an amazing like ratio and it would really help the video get recommended a lot of times when i end q a a lot of the audience leaves for the rest of the day stick around we do vip call-ins from time to time and we may do raids so don't go anywhere if you are on your way out remember to hit subscribe and like on the way out it helps the channel it helps me out and uh we appreciate if you're listening to the recording as well you may be listening to this recording on my other youtube channel where we do these uploads i don't upload to this channel anymore so these hit a separate video uh like a, it's basically an upload channel you can get there by going to sntrvideos.com. If you want the live channel, you got to go to sntrlive.com. Both of those YouTube channels are there to give you the content in the way that's best suited for you. So if you're listening to this as a recording or an uploaded video, catch me live at sntrlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-ins that took place after my talk about why we need hard mode raids again in Destiny 2. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch me live Monday through Friday at SNTRlive.com. Come to YouTube, become a paying member or a VIP to do exactly what the two fine gentlemen are going to be doing in this segment. It'll be a little shorter than some of our VIP call-ins, but that's okay. It's something you can take advantage of as a VIP member. Our first caller today is Rexus. Uh, even though it says Robin on the screen, you guys have like eight, everybody has to have 85 usernames. It says here you're calling in about hard mode raid and transmog. Okay, I'm actually interested in what you're uh, calling in about, Rexus. Okay, uh, regarding the name thing, uh, I just realized uh, a few, just a few days ago. Oh, the bot takes uh, just your handle and not mm-hmm. what your display name is, which is yep. kind of. Yeah, I'll have to adjust that again sometime. But sometime. Got time. It's it's fine. Uh, <laughs> Alright. Uh, yeah, uh, regarding hard mode, right, I just wanted to bring back uh, a small little snippet. Uh, I still think Leviathan did it well. Really? Leviathan did the hard mode well. Like it wasn't super difficult, especially once you know what to do. Like after after a month or two, it wasn't really that difficult anymore. Of course, mm-hmm. because everyone knows how it works. But it was, I I think that was the um, proper way to step it up because you didn't just uh, increase the power of the enemies or something like oh instead of uh, instead of them dealing five damage per hit, they now deal ten deal ten damage. Ah, huh? here just. To hide more behind cover. No, you right. actually had to think more. You had to uh, gauntlet encounter, especially for example. Uh, you could do it the easy way, where everyone has their designated um, role. Yeah, that never changes. Or for the hard mode, you have to switch the roles over, and you have to uh, g- work with more mechanics. Well, and and this, see, this is why I referenced. I, I definitely reference what they did in D1 because I like the idea that you like you ask the team to do more not just everything is stronger you know what I mean it was like there was a yeah you make things stronger but you know earlier that's why I said like you can't just add contest and I also don't think you can just add new mechanics I think you have to kind of do both you increase the pain and the intensity with the enemies but you also increase the pain with respect to like mechanics and 
and the player's objective, like what it is you're trying to do. I think those two need to come together. I actually agree with you. You know, as much as I didn't like Leviathan, um, I'm thinking of the the bathers encounter that encounter with the enemies hitting harder and the new mechanics. I remember that feeling really, really challenging. It was difficult and it was because they did both. Um, you know, the, I would, I would say, I would say they, if they don't do both, I would, I would at least lean on saying, all right, at least do the mechanics then. You know, if they can go so far as doing the mechanics, it shouldn't be that hard to turn contest modifier on. So with respect to Bungie, I never want to say they're lazy or they're not doing enough, but it's like if you guys took the time to make some new mechanics and some new things the team was required to do, the second part is easy. You literally just turn on the modifier contest and then you're done. You have the two pieces to the puzzle that I believe is needed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The other thing is... uh... Like I said, I I never played D one because mm-hmm. I cannot play a shooter on a controller. It just no no, doesn't work. <laughs> I'm I'm literally like the current robot. Look up, right. look left, look down, look right. Uh, but yeah. Uh, uh, what I've heard from you, like uh, mm-hmm. that they uh King's Fall, that they designed it with first making the uh, hard raid mode and then reducing the complexity of the mechanics for the yes. normal mode. Yes. If they work that way around, then it would also take less work again. They could streamline the whole uh, the whole progress a bit mm-hmm. if they go back to that route again. Well, anytime they add mechanical pain, they could say, can we make them do more of this? Can we make them do this more times? Can we make this harder to acquire or to do? Um, because when you do when you do that, I think it's always a matter of you can then scale that back. So with you know with Wrath of the Machine, it was like they they took us to a place of like here's how many you have to do, here's how many things you have to hit, and then they walked it back for normal. I mean, if that's how they did it. And with, with King's Fall, they were like, you have to make these blights and detonate them, and these guys will take the blights away. Like, that's the encounter. That's basically the encounter of orcs. And then they took the blight eaters away. So they could have done something similar in Deepstone Crypt. Everybody is required to get an augment. Everybody is required to you know, to do this thing, what they could do is they could have the augment basically what's it called when you can't use it. It's called augment corrupted or something. Uh, Um, I think it's deactivated. Augment deactivated. They could have done something like that where on hard mode, everybody's augment deactivates and everybody has to swap. Switch. Right, you always have to switch. And then when you go down to normal, it would be like, well, we'll do one random one. Something like that. Now, I don't know if that would work in every encounter. That's literally just me throwing out an idea of saying, if you're going to ask the team to do something, and then you, you, you can stretch it and say, all right, if we, if we ask them to do more of this, if we ask them to do this... Um, you know, at a, at a, at a, at a higher level or, or just in general, ask them to do more, like do it more times, do it quantitatively more, or like I said, add pain, like totems. If you remember totems, they basically said, Hey, if you 
are going to be running totems. Now there's more knights coming from the middle. So there was just increased pain, you know? There's 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 more things challenging you while you're on the plate and they were like yellow bars or something. Um so I don't know. I I, I think that there's uh I think there's there's potential to do, you know, any any number of things more as opposed to just oh everything's stronger. This is why I would have loved to see them actually go back and re-engineer some of the environments in the nightfalls because the nightfalls were never designed to be where they are now with respect to how much damage the enemies are outputting, how many enemies are in an area, you know, it just doesn't seem to work all that well. Yeah, that's that's the thing they just run in at the moment. Uh, yeah. And also, uh, if you had not picked it up, that would have been my exact suggestion. <laughs> with uh, deactivating all the um, uh, oh, what's it called? All the uh, Operator buffs and stuff. <laughs> Instead of oh. just deactivating one random. That would have been my exact suggestion. <laughs> okay. So you were actually gonna you were you were gonna suggest that. Sorry, I didn't mean to take that from you. Uh, no worries, no worries. I, I <laughs> no worries, uh, would have been the next one, but yeah. uh, I also want quickly tying into um what you said regarding uh, armor that armor needs more of a place, especially with transmog, which will also right. tie into that. Uh, but I also have to agree. It it kind of annoys me that the raid that the raid mods that this little augment slot is so expensive to use. Like I mean, I I got a I got a pair of boots, and I would like to use that thing a lot more. And I got a nice little augment for uh, disruptor, mm-hmm. and I'm often running disruptor, luckily. I enjoy this role the most, honestly. Uh, right. But yeah, but it's it just disrupts the build fully. If you want to run it, you have to totally or half trash your build, which is kind of like I get the pain point aspect of it, but it kind of makes it not fully worth using because you think, yeah, if I run my build, which I'm used to, I'll get more out of it instead of tanking that. Right. Well, and what I said, we talked about, I forget what day we talked about this, but it came up and I said that if I'm going to disrupt my entire loadout and all of my mods, I'm going to switch everything around. And the benefit is, you know, marginal at best. And it, and let's imagine they did release a hard mode. So I was like, oh, this actually is really helpful when I'm running suppressor. I don't know. There's just that part of me that's like, why not just make that an intrinsic benefit to the raid armor instead of making me move stuff around and sacrifice and spend glimmer? And then the minute I'm not in the raid, guess what? I got to go take that mod off, put everything back to the way that I like it. It just, I don't know. I don't quite think they've landed armor in a way that... And they even said, you know, Joe Blackburn said they're not ready to talk about it concretely, but they want to talk about armor having that novelty appeal, so it changes the way that you play. I I don't know if if raid armor came with intrinsic raid perks, you would do the same thing, right? Oh, I need the raid armor, so I get those benefits, and then I'm going to wear the raid armor. That's what they want, right? And then you go into hard mode, and you would really feel those benefits. 
But instead now it's like, well, there's no hard modes. I don't really need these. Even if there was a hard mode, are you really going to disrupt your entire build for that marginal benefit? Now, again, I think you would for Suppressor. I think that's probably the more challenging role because there's so much movement and and potential. You're really exposed, especially in the final fight. Um, But outside of that, I, I just, I don't know. I, 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 wor- I worry that they've created they've created one of the problems that comes with too much freedom they give you so much freedom and control over your loadout people just gotta get paralyzed you go and look at all the possible changes you can make and you're like I just don't care enough to fiddle with this right now and then you kinda don't do it um I don't know they may need to simplify some aspects of armor and armor benefits perks and incentives maybe with set bonuses who knows um Maybe, you know, if you remember whenever we had those set bonuses on the Gambit armor, Raid armor could work in a similar way to where if you're wearing four pieces, then you get all three of those augment benefits that the mods offer, and then the fourth one, I don't know, makes them makes them slightly stronger. So you're not just incentivized to get the Raid armor, you're incentivized to, to wear the set. And I know Bungie's like, well, we wanted to get away from requiring you to wear the Raid armor. Well, you are. I mean, you are right now. If I want any of the raid mod perks or benefits, I have to run the raid armor. Like, you haven't removed that. You've just, honestly, you've made it more annoying. I would have rather had it been the way that it was in D1, where you had to run the raid armor in the raid, because now I have to run the raid armor in the raid, and I also have to completely disrupt my entire build and move mods around, which is just, it's too much. That's, uh, to me, that's too cumbersome and tedious to do every time I run the raid. The last couple times I ran Garden, I only did it at the end for the enhanced relay defender. And even that felt like, who care? why bother? Like, who cares, you know? Yeah, the, the problem is that they just take up so much energy to use. Like, it's kind of... It's, it's kind of like a double barrier. Like, I can only use this on raid armor anyway. Why right. make it... Why make it so costly in addition? Yeah, like that's that another that's another good point. Right. It's not really not necessary. It's already it's only on the raid armor. Mm. Like I don't mind that you can switch them out for like like okay, I'm running suppressor this time so I'm going to switch to that mod uh, or oh, I'm running neither now or only backup um, operator so I'm taking the mm-hmm. operator buff uh, thing. Uh, that that's this switching, this modularity is still good. It's more really that the cost is just too expensive for what it does and that it always disrupts your build fully. Right. That's I, the problem, in my opinion. And that it costs Glimmer, which is kind of... Like, it It doesn't really matter that much, but it does matter when it matters, and then it's like, oh, for frick's sake. And that's why it might have sounded like hyperbole when I was like, disrupt your entire build, but that that's behind what I'm saying, as you call it. It's a double barrier. It's, you must wear the armor, and then you must sacrifice lots of your armor's energy just to equip them. It's like four, five, six, and... Is one and of them even is, is is one of them even seven? Are there some that are that high? And you even have to upgrade the armor as well. So it all there also comes a material cost added to it. Like there is enough cost already. You don't have to make it more painful. Like I'd say that's enough. That you have to upgrade it anyway to actually use them. You have to upgrade the armor. You have to think, okay, yeah, I need to make sure I got a decent roll on the armor before I upgrade it fully. And you almost have to upgrade it fully to still use it in your build. And that's just a bit too much, I'd say. I'm not in the day one, right? Not running around with K 
capped mm-hmm. on materials on everything. I'm seeing some in here that are four and five. Is there any more expensive than four and five? Uh, I only got a five as well. I mean, four it's and still, five is 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 forty or fifty percent of your energy. Like that's just a lot. Yeah. Like to get. With the suppressor augment, you take decreased damage from powerful foes. With no augment, grenades temporarily stun your targets. Like, that sounds great. Number one, for contest mode. Number two, am I wanting to take literally 50% of my energy and slot it for that? Like, I just don't know. Again, like, it's so disruptive. If they cost one or two... I could see it being a capstone. A lot of my armor, I only take it to 8 or 9. I don't want to take it to 10. I don't really feel like I need to. You know? This would motivate me to roll the raid armor to level 10 energy and slot in a 1 or a 2. That's what they should be. They should be a, a nice little capstone. They shouldn't be taking up 50, 40 to 50% of your energy. Because the benefits just don't seem... You know, with the operator augment, you gain periodic bursts of healings when your health is depleted. Okay, so that's just random. With no augment, collecting orbs of power causes you to periodically spawn heavy. Well, that sounds awesome! But again, I just... Number one, there doesn't seem to be a need. And number two, it's half my energy on that piece of armor. You know, these are actually cool benefits. With the scanner augment, powerful targets are marked by precision shots and take increased damage for a short period so you can literally help melt the powerful guys like the servitors captains whatever and then with no augment you gain a bonus to resilience and recovery and your class ability recharges faster these all sound cool but they don't sound 40 to 50 percent of my energy cool they don't they sound like maybe one you know what i mean i don't know you'd be taking off your heavy ammo finder and mixing up your build i mean maybe yeah i don't know I don't know. Yeah, but for that you need the uh, helmet, and not any other piece. That's kind of, like that's kind of the issue. Like, okay, yeah, you can you can use these to um to uh to to use instead of other mods, but they need to be on the right equipment piece. Right. Because uh, heavy ammo finders are only on the helmet. I mean, good chat input here. Maybe the purpose is to sacrifice your charge with light mods. I mean. I don't know. I, that's these aren't as disruptive yeah, in this raid because you don't need your typical ammo mods. The encounters don't last long enough. I mean, I can definitely hear that, Eugene. But typically, what people do is they come into the raid with a, a certain build, and you're asking them to completely shift all that around. And then when you're done with the raid, who in their right mind is going to leave a four or a five? energy cost mod on their armor so now you gotta take it off and you're spending glimmer to do that like they're they're turning it into a, t- a, a tedious cumbersome act instead of it being a compliment like congrats here's your raid armor it's here you go here's a chore every time you run a raid and leave you gotta make sure and do this or you're gonna be literally throwing energy away like look at all of the barriers I like the language that, that Rexus used it's a double barrier there's more than that first of all you gotta get the armor to drop I don't even I've not even gotten all the armor pieces then you gotta get a piece of armor to drop with a good enough stat roll to justify investing the currency then you have to have enough currency to take it up to level 10 then you have to go in every time you run the raid and slot it now again I suppose you could take it all the way to level 10 and slot it and only wear it when you're in there sure but that's how many steps there are in between you and having a couple of mods that do some things that are decent but not game changing I just 
it's a good idea with poor implementation. That's 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 like a, a hallmark of Destiny content is, man, this is such a good idea, but it's just been implemented so poorly, nobody's messing with it. So. You have any other thoughts, Rexus? Agreed. <laughs> uh, not anymore on the uh, mods, I'd say, and uh, hard mode. That's kind of my gist of it for now. I very much hope, though, that they definitely implement one. Uh, I do have uh, one more small thing about um, uh, Transmog. I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, the, and I already think uh, we were kind of on a hot streak back then when you said um, <clears throat> it's likely going to be currency-based because there comes my input now for it. If you make it activity-based, you can only do so much with it. You can't be too specific because if you say, like, oh yeah, you got the raid armor and you want it to be an ornament, run the raid. What about the, all the raids in the content vault? You can't run those. You'll mm-hmm. either need to. It either needs to be corresponding with a different raid, or uh, it just doesn't work, or it'll be something else. And honestly, I really want to use the um, chess piece from, uh, oh, what's it called, Scourge of the Past a lot more. The what from Scourge of the Past? Chess piece on my hunter. Yeah, I mean, I they've got two problems with, with transmog, is if you give people that level of cosmetic freedom you're going to have to really, really motivate me to chase any new armor and make, it's going to have to look just incredible. And even if you do that, apparently all I need to do is get it. And then I can turn it into an ornament with the right, you know, in-game effort. So that's why I think he said, you know, they're not ready to talk about it concretely, but they do want to get to a place where there is, there is this sort of, you know, novelty push. And again, this is also a potential other problem that they could create if they're not careful. You know, I'm going to have eight different pairs of armor for eight different activities. Like, we don't have a loadout system. So, I, you know, there's a couple of ditches they could fall into here uh, if they're not careful. And one is no reason to chase armor. And then the other is too many little you know, micro reasons to get armor and wear it. Cause you have to look at the, the level of dedication it would take to get a fully leveled raid set trial set. And let's just say there's a nightfall set, three sets, the level of dedication it would take to get all three sets with good stats and then maxed all the way out to 10. So that when you run a raid, a nightfall or trials, you have completely different sets of armor because they each offer different benefits. I, I think that they would spend so much development time building that and almost nobody would engage with it. Now, somebody might push back and say, well, Lona, most people fall into funnels, though, so hardcore Trials players would definitely do it, hardcore Raiders would definitely do it, and, you know, the people that actually run Nightfalls and Grandmasters regularly, the, you know, these people probably need to seek, you know, you know help, because they're, they're in love with punishment, but <laughs> kidding, obviously. I mean, <laughs> The idea being, like, most people would fall into a funnel of care where they'd get one, maybe two sets of armor. Sure, but the real, real selling point would be that you can get sets for all these different activities. So they might want to have to, like, smooth out the process of masterworking. Like, it, maybe it doesn't need to be as costly. Maybe all of that needs to get cheaper. So it's just more of a decision 
as far as hey I finally have a set let me spend some of this currency instead of hey I finally have a set now let me run you know x number of nightfalls to get the stuff to do it to level it up to and then it's going to get sunset in 11 months anyway to 10 months you know what I mean so sunsetting is also changing the nature of this there's going to be that I call it the currency paralyzation you're like I don't want to spend currency in this armor I'm not going to get it back you know, it's going to get sunset, and then that currency is literally gone, and I got to do it all over again. And I, I think that they could probably alleviate some of that. Yeah, but, but honestly, we already have that problem. Transmog won't make it much worse. We already have so many, we already have so many universal ornaments. Transmog won't change a lot, I'd say honestly. Like if you've got like what, like if I've got what. Way too many, <laughs> way too many universal ornaments already. Right. Like, I, I don't have to. I don't even have like I. Some of my looks just are based purely on ornaments. Like something like uh, uh, the prophecy dungeon had to come around for me to grab a new helmet. I have. I mean, I have that, 14, 14 different chess pieces right now, and I have not. I've bought almost none. These are just ones that I've earned. So yeah, fourteen. It's and it's about to get crazy because I'm gonna be able to go get anything for my collections. You know, so I'm actually really interested in what they come up with, because um, I think I, I really do think collections, especially if you go to the world collection pool and you start looking at stuff. I can't. I didn't go get all the escalation protocol stuff. I'm actually angry at myself. I should have done that. <laughs> It's gone. I can't get it now. Yeah. That's kind of a heartbreaker. Uh, but the Braytech stuff is good. You know, I can get some of that. You know, that it, it's... I have I have, I have, have more than I'll ever need with respect to armor customization now. Yeah, we, we already... But we already got... Yeah, we already got so much. Like, getting the other stuff, well, it will matter a little, but not a whole lot because you already got so much that you can pick and choose from. It's just, it's just basically nice that they actually allow everything now, and not just like you only get these fifteen twenty sets. The other fifty eighty sets are not okay. No, no, no. Right. That's kind and, of the thing. Anytime you empower the player to customize the, you know, customize their character, like that's 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 going to be, I think, a celebrated decision. I don't. I actually think. We have we have more customization now than we ever have in the game, and we're about we're about to get even more. I mean, it's in season uh, what they say fourteen. Um, we're we're gonna have just a, in a, a, honestly honestly we're gonna have a just a silly amount of customization once they roll out transmog. Um, so, um, but and I would love to get a pair of these arms from the raid. These are nice. Go ahead. The other thing. Yeah, that's the other thing, by the way. Um, using um, using the look of an armor piece that is that is sunset. That's something you can't do. Yes, you like, can. The... It's collection space, so anything sunset, you're going to be able to turn into an ornament. Yeah, yeah exactly. But now you cannot. That's what I mean. Oh well, yeah. Do that. Like that's just uh, and. And it's not even for the reason that it's uh, that uh, like it's it's really just the looks you can't use anymore. Mostly, like of course you can pull it from collection, but it's not usable. 
every every activity is way above that. It's just it's just like it feels like why is it even still here then? Like why is it there? You can't do anything with it. And I'm happier when it uh, when we finally get to do again stuff with it. Another example is the uh, I know Leviathan is hated by everyone, but I gotta say the gloves of the Le the hunter gloves from Leviathan. I love this pattern. Like when you have on one arm, you got the uh, full plate going down, the little plate upon plate upon plate, and on the other side it's just cloth. It looks cool, I think, but can't use it anymore. I think I got a pair that I can use until the end of the seat of this year, but right, right, and it's also gone, and you can't use it anymore, and it's just setting dust, and you can't use it, but it looks cool, but you just can't use it, and it's wasted. well, that's why. But this this is why they're doing they're doing transmog exactly. for literally this reason because they're like you know there are there are lots of pieces that you know that as you're saying are cool and they just they got they, you know they're they're shelved and I, listen i'm actually okay with that to a certain extent like being able to have every single thing in the game always viable always available is is has always been in my mind a little a little absurd um so i i've 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 got no problem with you know them making things feel a little bit more uh you know, it was, you had to be there. The fact that I didn't take the time to go get all of the EP armor and stuff like that. I mean, I'm actually okay with that. Um, that yeah, I'm, I'm not saying everyone should get everything. Like, only the things you actually got, you get to use. But the things you actually put time into to get and unlock. Uh, I, I think it's... Honestly, if I compare it to most other games, most other games allow you that. You, It's only visual customization. It won't change. Oh yeah, I already have an armor set. I don't need another one. That's a whole different problem that we got. Yeah, but I've always said that I'm okay with armor needing to shuffle forward and give us a drive to chase it. Because if not, you know, you're going to... Using the same armor for forever, to me, always... I don't know. It always felt silly... To be like, there's literally no reason to switch out your armor for forever. Like, they, you know, making me shuffle forward a little bit makes sense. I mean, both guns and armor in a loot-based game, I don't know. I've always looked at that differently. Maybe it's because I just always played games like Borderlands and Diablo, where everything's getting thrown over your shoulder every couple of hours, and so you don't get super attached. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they're bringing transmog so that this conversation kind of is not is a non-starter you know and hopefully in like what six months where anything you've earned you can go and turn into an ornament so you can look that way of the stuff that you earned yeah i think it is a very good addition and it will it will bring more benefit like the benefit in my opinion weighs a lot heavier than the um problem it introduces with um armor pursuit because the problem with armor pursuit already exists Right, they're like they, they barely will get increased. We already got it, and we already they're already working on a solution for it. It would it won't change a lot into the bad, but it will change a lot into the good. That's kind of what I wanted to. Yeah, get off. <laughs> like I got gotcha. you. It's a good thing they bring it. All right. Well, I'm gonna move on to Mr. Havoc. Thanks for calling yep. in, Rexus. Thanks for having me. 
All right. Havoc says that he wants to call in about hard mode raid, challenge mode, revive tokens, and revive mechanics. What are you? Uh, what do you got to say about this? Okay, so first off, I want to say that we should just completely undo sunsetting. We should make me able to use Midnight Coup in the Deepstone Crypt. Thoughts on that? <laughs> well, if you guys, okay, for those of you listening to the recording, when he did his mic check, he said his favorite you know, gun was the Midnight Coup. Because I always rant about people using Midnight Coup and I can last shotgun for forever, so... Yeah, it's you're about no. to get you're about to get remuted if you keep it up. <laughs> no, so my topic actually has nothing to do with that. I just figured I'd open with that. So um uh so I have uh, my experience in the raid and in Destiny's 2 raids. Um I did not play D1, but I played D2 um since the beta. Um I have played every raid. I have multiple clears of every raid, including prestige raids. Um so all of them are a little bit different, which I'm. You've you've cleared all of them, I assume, Lona. So yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. And so you know they're all a little bit different, but I really um I really vibe with what you said about a lot of them being baton passes, where everybody kind of is doing the same job just at a different time. I really that that really you know as I played through the raids, I've really come to notice that more and more, and I've found that in certain raids um what becomes more fun is the encounters where you don't necessarily have to do that or encounters where you can like clutch up like the sparrow encounter from scourge where if you do the buttons only one person needs to make it right and or like um well here's another raid scourge um are you aware that when you go out of bounds it used to cleanse the ionized debuff oh no i didn't know you could do that yeah, so there are certain spots where you'll get joining allies, and it'll be similar to the Riven Cheese, but instead of teleporting you to somewhere advantageous, it just puts you back in spawn and gets rid of the ionized debuff. And so my clan got very, very good and very, very used to doing it that way. So the way we would do it is our setup would be we would have three people stunning the boss, just over in, you know, the little orange canister to extend the extend the encounter. Um and we would have one guy on map and two guys who their only job was just to collect balls reset and just do the whole thing by themselves and we had a lot more fun like that because everybody got to put on you know a little bit of a different loadout like the people that were running okay they had a shotgun on people that were stunning they had a sniper on and for us that was a lot more fun because that was very easy to do and it let us all get into our own jobs our own roles um and so i really i really like that um no, granted, I didn't play D1, but more stuff like that sounds cool to me. In Deepstone Crypt, I actually got a similar vibe for multiple reasons. The one reason is, yes, I believe that people are doing the same tasks at different times, but the way my clan ends up doing it, and we have around a 45-minute average uh, runtime, um, is that we end up having partners. So we have two people to do for every encounter. Two people to do suppress, well, except for the first. Two people suppress, two people uh, operator, two people scanner. Um, And we do that for pretty much every encounter. And it ends up working very well because, yes, there there are two people doing the same role, but not everyone is doing the same role, if you know what I mean. So it's a little bit more like two people have a job instead of just one person. And we find that raid a lot of fun. Um, so I would like to see more stuff like that. And I'm just echo kind of echoing your points on that. Now, 
in terms of actual questions, what's realistic? Um, right. We want Bungie to make harder raids. We want Bungie to make longer raids. We want Bungie to make hard mode and to make challenge mode, right? Mm-hmm. With you know new mechanics and new, and new difficulty rather than just you know just contest or just mechanic. But we have to ask ourselves: Does Bungie see profit in that, or is it realistic for them development time wise to make a hard mode first? And then scale it down. Like, what is the developmental yeah. difference? Now, I don't work at Bungie. I don't know that, but I think that we have to look in terms of what's realistic. And I think realistically, re-enabling contest and throwing double spoils or double guns is a lot easier to program than a new mechanic. Would I love a new mechanic? Sure, but I think we have to be realistic in what we ask from Bungie. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to know. That's my opinion, but I wanted to hear kind of an excerpt on you and what you think of what's realistic for Bungie. Yeah, I like that you brought up Scourge because I've always said I think that the Scourge of the past, the final boss fight's the best boss fight mm. in D2. Um, mm. Mainly because they do break the team up and everybody has to do their part, but everybody's part is so vastly different. I've never had to read the map. I think I read the map once for the opener. I've never been map reader. Um, Mm. I've never been on the Berserker Buster team, save maybe two or three times, maybe. Most of the time, I was a rooftop sniper. Um, And so I think they can respect some of the philosophy that they believe in, some of the ideas of like, well, everybody has to do something. You can't just sit in the corner, right? But the idea behind Scourge that I like so much is that you are doing a specialized role. Instead of everybody standing around waiting for the Relic Runner to do his thing, or the Relic guy to move from side to side, or, well, we gotta wait for the Relic guy to do damage, right? We're all standing around waiting for the one person. Everybody is attempting to do their role but I'm not necessarily coming behind you and then also doing the same thing as I said it's the Mm. baton pass that's why uh, totems it's it's basically like the wipe mechanic of Golgoroth and the totems mechanic of baton passing has infected basically every raid encounter in destiny to to greater and lesser degrees okay so the soft and rage at golgoroth is everywhere now with the res timer and the and the totems the idea of everyone's equal everybody stay alive do your part or it's going to be it's going to be pretty painful like that's infected virtually every encounter in d2 to greater and lesser degrees sometimes it's barely noticeable sometimes it's very noticeable where you know everybody has to do their part and stay alive so it, it's interesting that Scourge seems to be the outlier for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know what team was in charge of that raid, but that raid does stand out to me. Um, for 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 if for anything, at least at the end, there's there's different roles and even more so in the final fight. Now, mm. as far as like what could they do? You kept saying you know adding new mechanics, adding new mechanics. It's not adding a new mechanic if you start with requiring the team to do five things and then you lower it to three for normal. So swing higher and then dial it back for normal, which is what they did for King's Fall. So mm. that would be um that would be my thought is you you don't you don't necessarily start with normal and then tack things on. You start with hard and then dial back because okay. 
it, it, it then it's more of a you know when they removed light eater knights from hard that was a piece of the puzzle that they just took away it was like yeah you don't have to worry about that when they removed the fact that war priest absorbed powers or a random person would get unstable light like these are things they could have added for hard think of it this way right. what if normal deepstone crypt nobody ever lost their augment it never did the disruption thing Ooh. and then in hard mode they actually started taking it from you randomly like the unstable light like but instead it's just kind of in there as this random sort of okay who lost theirs and then one person goes and swaps well, it, like it happens after the second bubble on uh, on the stun I, yeah i actually think that it happens once you suppress him doesn't it no it says it's it says it happens after the suppress but it's it's no you're right you're right i'm dumb i'm thinking Everybody waits for the second bubble to ensure yes, you don't have this. Everybody waits for the second yeah. bubble. You're correct. You don't want You're this correct. weird valley where someone's stuck in a bubble and you just took away operators' augment right. by pure RNG. Right. Um, no, you're you're right. I you phrase it in a way I'm not used to hearing, but you are absolutely correct. No, yeah, it's okay. It's but th- that's an example of of pain that could have been only reserved for hard mode. And if you limit revives too, I think that's another thing. Like mm. I think hard mode, no timer, three tokens may for I, the team. That's it. No timer. May I may, may I cut in? May I cut yeah. in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I actually really liked. I really, really, really liked your point about the revives, and I think that in addition to limiting the number of revives, right they should change it to a system just for quality of life similar to gms where anyone can revive but you have a pool Mm -hmm. and i like that a lot better because it is very very annoying and i don't think it's a necessary difficulty um with my clan it's not a problem because we all love each other we're all talking to each other but i do a lot of lfg raids as well just to just because like doing lfg raids is harder and i like doing it that way because it's it, it's just better to keep your teaching seals up to just it's it's better for a variety of reasons it sucks sometimes but that's why you do it um but in lfg sometimes you'll get people who won't speak up and when they have a res and so you think you have to wipe and so i think that just a unnecessary mechanic is the, like you said the res tokens themselves and i think that a res pool like grandmasters or legendary law sectors have is a better quality of life and better mechanic overall Right, because it's less about there. The most memorable moment I can remember is day one garden where I clutched it up, took the right, I took the correct teleporter. I was unfamiliar, but I knew so and so said they needed help and died. And I know if I go to the right, I'll end up over there. I didn't have a full grasp as to how the encounter worked yet, but I ran over, cleared everything, and kept the guys from sacrificing. And the gate was about to come down and we were going to have to go center and like try to survive. Like, you know, the music changes and all that. And then the res timer killed us. And it's like, we would have been able to get further, see that there was a second stage to the fight and then maybe scramble and actually pull it off. We probably would have. The end of that encounter is pretty easy. Even when contest was on, we didn't even get a chance to. So you chopped any level of intensity right out from underneath of us. But as you're saying, it's like, oh, well, we're out of reses. Well, let's, I don't know. Let's see what we got. Let's see what's next. And we would have had a chance to rally. It's an on the fly low man instead of a planned low man or or just a, an arbitrary timer killed us. Right. It's like, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, well, I miss those moments. I do. They they made a change in year one, if you remember. From year one to year two, they extended the res timer from... <laughs> God, that was terrible. 30 seconds. Yeah, it was 30. 30. Dude, that was so bad. 
You'd get wiped um, sometimes literally from just two deaths because you'd yeah. be satisfying a levy encounter and you couldn't get to the orb. It wasn't even right. a matter of like... Oh, dude, I remember that. Or like if the orb got stuck somewhere stupid because it was levy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, oh, it, it would take them to a room you weren't at or couldn't get to yeah. or something like... Yeah, right. we lost a lot of encounters gaunt- literally to the timer. sometimes gauntlet, it would put them under the elevator just like... It, you know... There's right, just Leviathan right, right. bugs in general. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think that they should have so instead they should take their change a step further, like you said, and just, you know, revive timers need to go. I, I completely agree with that. It's just it's not a good mechanic. The revive mechanic in GMs, while feeling challenging at times, is much more I would almost say fun. Because it's you know where you are and where you stand. And like one guy can sneak a res sometimes in GMs and you know, res, chain res the other people, or it, it's just, I think overall it's a better system. But moving on, um, enjoyability of raids. I'm gonna give you a hot take here, all right? Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay, here's the hot take shorter raids are more fun than longer raids. I don't even know if that's a hot take. That might just be generally true because. <laughs> because of <sighs> dopamine? It could be the, it could be that, but it also could just be life, like delivering something on life's terms, like something somebody knows confidently they can do on a Friday night with their buddies, as opposed okay. to. Well, well, here's a counterpoint to that, to as in terms of time. Now, granted, this could be just for me, right? Just from, I know my experience is different, um, and this year especially, it's been different. I've been working more, but um, especially during year two, my buddies and I, we would always run la- like. three scourges and two last wishes in a row for no reason just because we enjoyed playing it um but we wouldn't run like nearly as many crowns we only ran garden when we had to um it was just in general we just ran those raids a lot more now granted last wish is a long raid but i think that if a raid is fun it is more important than the length of time it takes you to complete it and I think Deepstone Crypt really shows that off because I would say this is after Eat of Worlds, the easiest raid, but it's also competing with Scourge in and Last Wish in my opinion for the most fun. I wonder I wonder if shorter raids are just not necessarily that they're better, but they have to focus more on the encounters delivering I don't know. I wonder if like longer raids, like when I think about both Last Wish and King's Fall, there's just a lot of standing around and I wonder mm. if that's if that's part of a longer raid design point of they're trying to give it a different feel and a different theme and then the short raids the, the, obviously the ones that I think are probably going to be the more celebrated historically would be Wrath of the Machine and Deepstone Crypt I wonder if they're celebrated more for the fact that like they just deliver like a real punchy, real quick, you know, there's lots of high moments and the problem with the long raids, there's lots of nothing just standing around. And so maybe they just formulate less memories in your brain. Like they're not, it's not memorable. Like I, when I think back to King's fall, the most memorable moments are the low man's not the actual encounters. I'm not like, yeah, it was awesome standing around waiting for 85 thrall at war priest. Like that's not memorable. Wrath is more memorable because you're in, you're throwing things, you're getting blown up, you're Mm -hmm. moving, you're grooving. Like it's snappy. 
I don't know. It, some of this is also preference too, so it's hard to of say course. definitively one's better than the other. I just wonder if the shorter raids just deliver more punch, so they're more mm-hmm. memorable, just less standing it, around. It, it makes sense. It's it's a very it's a very good counterpoint is that it, they're designed that way. But um, I will say, uh, in terms of shorter late in terms in terms of longer encounters that left memories. Hmm. All I will say is that if Crown ever comes back, that first encounter better stay in the vault. Otherwise, I'm coming to find, to, coming to find Bungie. That it take that it reminds me <laughs> of. Remember when they shortened Templar during Age of uh, Age of Triumph? I, apologies, but I did not play D1. Get the frick. Uh, anyway, All right, it was see you later. it was a similar idea, an encounter that just seems to take. You're like, are we done yet? Are we done yet? How many more is it? What what one are we on? There was an encounter like that in Vault of Glass. You'll get to enjoy that soon enough. And during Age of Triumph, they actually, um, they actually created a, uh, they they actually lowered the amount of required waves or something because it was so long. People complained. So yeah, that's that definitely was the uh, that hey, was the. I'm- I'm looking forward to those D1 raids, all right? <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to it, dude. I played D1 for, I think, two hours, and I got to, like, level 31 on a PS3, and I had an unstable internet internet connection, and I realized that I... Okay, here's my controller versus mouse and keyboard experience. On controller, I struggled on the easiest difficulty at Halo 1, 2, and 3. On mouse and keyboard, I soloed Legendary. Well, so, yeah, I mean, it's just... I, it's, I, I am physically terrible with the controller. No, it makes sense. I remember going... I was mouse and keyboard all of, like, my teenage years. And I when I, I remember playing World at War on an Xbox. And I was like a potato. And now I can do both. And I'm, like, average at both. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> excellent at either. I mean, uh, that, that your orbit gameplay is pretty inspirational, gotta say. Well, I mean, nobody's nobody's as good as at orbit uh, as I am. Of course, of course, of course. The fact that you like shorter raids and haven't played Wrath of the Machine, you've not played the king of short raids. It is literally the king. It, in my opinion, it's the best raid from D1 because it packs so much value into one raid. It's just a little... I, I honestly think it's only true negative is that it is too short. If it had one more encounter, it would probably be perfect, but... Yeah, you're missing you're missing the best short raid by never playing Wrath. So I'm, pray I'm that they consider it. it a greatest hit cuz to me it's a greatest hit from D1. It, it's well, it was the high note of of raiding. Do you do you think we're going to get Vog in year 4, Kingsfall and uh what was Crota's End in year 5 and then uh what Axis Wrath of the Machine in year 6? You know what would be cool? This is what I would do. Right, I would do right. Vogue, and then I would do Crota as an exotic dungeon. I would Ooh. put the... the What's the Necrochasm? I'd put the Necrochasm in there and Ooh. treat it like Whisper of the Werner Outbreak. Ooh. So Crota's an exotic dungeon. And then you bring back King's Fall in the wake of Savathun. One okay, of the seasons okay. in the wake of Savathun. It would make sense for her year to have that happening. Have the so Dreadnought. You, so year five. Yeah. And then year six, it would make sense for Wrath to make a turn, a come, a comeback because that's Lightfall. You know, by then we're going to have, I think, three dark subclasses. And for 
Siva to rear its head again would be cool. Siva could go back in and reanimate everything, and that could be a threat of one of the seasons or something. So, to me, I think they could bring them all back. I would just slate Crota as an exotic dungeon, because it's basically a dungeon anyway. Lona, Lona, you're speaking my language here. I love the Whisper mission and the Outbreak missions are some of my favorite missions in all of Destiny, and I despise that they did not have one due to year three. Yeah, yeah. It's... It's tough. I I wish they would give those dungeons some replayability. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say that. Like, it's tough. It's tough to say we're going to build this entire environment for one weapon. That's got to be tough to sell, especially considering they just, like, they vaulted, like, what, 70% of the game. So I would think it would be cool to have it be the the initiation of the exotic, like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. But then figure out a way to do replayability. I don't know what it would be. You know, but give me a reason to rerun it. I, at the very least, you could maybe give it its own little armor pool and a powerful drop or something. I don't know. That mm. it's a shame to build such cool environments until literally that's all it is. Is here's right. the exotic, and then it's fun to take your friends back through. And I think they did some stuff with Whisper, so you had to go back in and do like the puzzles and stuff for the ship and something else. But yes. yeah, they could have yeah, done it was more. A, it was like an Oracle challenge. I did that the first week I could. It's been so long. Well, yeah, the exotic reroll on Hawkmoon apparently is going to be that way, but it's replaying a mission. It's not like a mysterious dungeon with a timer. I also think the timer rubs people's fur the wrong way, but the timer brings an element to gameplay that's absent most of the time in Destiny. I, I completely agree. I wish there were more timers. I love the timer mechanic. I wish, honestly, if it was in raids, I would not complain. You know, I, 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 I'm against timers in certain places. I didn't like it in Nightfall's D2 vanilla, um, but I do like it in something that's like a one-off like those dungeons. I think it's fitting there. I don't like it in a Nightfall or something. If I'm interacting with the, with the content rhythmically or ritualistically, it's, uh, the, the timer in those environments, I think, it's like it fits the theme of where in the heck are we? What is this? Find the way. Go down. Where are we? You know, it's this descent into you know chaos and hopefully you bring the right stuff right. I, I i like it in those areas pretty much that's the only place i like it okay that's fair that's fair so um last thing um lono this one's for you uh i had someone in my family uh go through something very similar um not quite as public but a similar type of deal to what you went through and i just gotta say you know i'm glad your family's with you you know um you got people that love you just keep uh you know i'm gonna keep on supporting you you know i never subbed anyone on twitch on youtube but i figure hey you gotta support what you what you believe in and so i'm just man there's some of us here we love you we we appreciate you your family you know it makes me very happy to hear that you're doing well with them with your wife with your kids so just you know i know it's not always easy man but just keep it up i appreciate you saying that did it for what for whatever reason I don't know why, but the last couple of weeks, like, I've gotten, like, I've fallen back down in the pit of being like, this sucks, this was unfair, like, almost pity party angry, you know, it was so unjust, right? Like, if in the big picture of things, it's so easy to fall down that, that spiral staircase of... This is so unfair. Like, I've lost so much, especially because you're trying to rebuild. Like, it's like every time I feel like we have a setback on YouTube, I'm like, I shouldn't even be having to do hey, this. Hey, like, hey, man, you... hey, man, hey, man, listen, <laughs> listen, you'll get through it. All right. It's it's it may not be perfect forever, but if you keep doing you, you'll keep growing. It might not be immediate. All right. But just be patient. You'll get there. 
appreciate it. Seriously. <laughs> like, yeah. This last week, I was getting pretty angry. Like, my wife's like, what are you thinking about? I'm like, nothing. I'm just getting caught up in it again. Listen, it's hard listen, not the, to. Only, the only thing you need to be angry with is that guy earlier who asked for Cyberpunk gameplay. He should have been asking for the Orbit gameplay. <laughs> All I'm saying is he was in the wrong place. <laughs> that's right. That's right. He came to a Destiny stream asking for Cyberpunk. That's right. That's right. So, all right, man. You, I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate the word. Love you, bro. All right, man. Guys, if you're here in the live audience, you're like, oh, that was cool. I'd love to do a call in. That is a perk of being a paying member if you pick the VIP tier uh, or above. You can do that anytime. They also get early access to the Q&A. So if you're listening to the recording, go to sntrlive.com. Join the YouTube members and be here for these live streams. If not, I appreciate you listening to the recordings on my other channel. My upload channel is at sntrvideos.com. So we have it separated. There's SNTR Live and there's SNTR Videos. One is purely uploads and this one's purely live content to make it really easy for you, the viewer, as well as YouTube to know what exactly we're doing on this various channel. So if you're in the live audience, don't go anywhere. But if you're listening to the recording, as always, please like, share, and subscribe.